We're in the final stop of WrestleMania season here on Kicking Out at Two this week as I'm going to bring a little personal touch to this week's show with our WrestleMania weekend memories. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth, and uh, we got a pretty packed show this week as we're on the home stretch for WrestleMania. One of the individuals that's going to be joining me, a part of this uh, retrospective and going back in time, during our WrestleMania weekend memories is my brother Justin, who's been to quite a few WrestleManias. Justin, what's going on? What's up, man? Glad to be here once again, as usual. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's you know we're we're getting close. You know, by the time this uh, by the time this show airs, uh, you know we're gonna be uh, you know nearing WrestleMania, um, and uh, you know you've been to how many have you been to? Uh, I've been to uh, starting with WrestleMania twenty three and. The streak will continue as I will be attending WrestleMania 35. So that's uh, that'll be 13. Wow. 13 WrestleManias. Wow. I've been to six. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, well, I'll get into some of those memories shortly. we got some other individuals that are going to be joining us throughout the course of this recording, uh, given their WrestleMania memories as time goes on. Um, but, you know, if you guys have any WrestleMania weekend memories of your own attending WrestleMania, whether it be the Hall of Fame, Access, Hotel Shenanigans, uh, you go into a WrestleCon, uh, hit us up over on uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. Hit the like button if you haven't already. If you have it, the like button. Tell a friend to hit the like button. All kinds of great fun and discussions going on over there, as well as all of our archive shows, which you can also find on the newly formed Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, set to launch later this weekend with Kobe Nida, marking out the days, the run-in, Hulkamania's Dead, Gaijin Wrestling Radio. All of our backlog is going to be available, and we're going to be launching some special Wrestlemania-themed shows set for you this weekend um, with with our uh, Podbean service, which you can uh, you can find over at Podbean, the, Wrestle, the Retromania Pro Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, I should say. Um, we're going to be covering uh, WrestleMania 9 on Marking Out the Days later this week. We're also going to do a, a uh, NXT TakeOver recap, a Hall of Fame recap, as well as uh, giving you guys a WrestleMania Top 10 countdown of our Top 10 re- Greatest WrestleManias of All Time. All kinds of great content over there at the Retromania Pro-, Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on Podbean, so you can check that out later this weekend. This show and all the Kicking Out at Two archives are going to be available on the Podbean stream. Um, and, and with Podbean, you can find our shows just about anywhere. iTunes, Stitcher, any kind of podcast platform available through Podbean, you're going to find all of the shows from the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. So stay tuned for that later this weekend. Um, if you guys have Wrestlemania memories and you are a Twitter follower, if you have a Twitter account, you hit us up, give us a follow. Our handle's at KickingOut2, K-I-C-K-N-O-U-T, and the number 2. You got any great stories to tell? Do it in 140 characters or less, but do it over on our Twitter at Kicking Out Two. All right, um, let's get into it. Uh, you know, you and I both attended our very first WrestleMania in 2007, WrestleMania 23. Um, let's give let's give the listeners a little bit of a brief uh, backstory as to how we got to that WrestleMania because for many years as wrestling fans, we'd always said, we're going to go to WrestleMania someday. And unfortunately finances wouldn't allow it. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, tell, tell me your memories of how it came to be that we were going to WrestleMania. Um, well, I'll start actually probably, but the year before, uh, the year before I was working, I was 17 years old. I was working my very first job, my first real job. I was bagging groceries at a grocery store. And I was working a Sunday night, and 
happened to be the night of WrestleMania 22, and then, you know, all the festivities were taking place, at, you know, in our basement at home, and I was just not happy to be there, just most <laughs> like anybody else that age. Yeah. Um, and I see this guy come up, and he's got this loaded shopping cart with Doritos and snacks and the whole nine yards, and I don't, I'm actually, at this point, trying to just suffer through this shift and forget that I'm missing WrestleMania. And this gentleman comes through my my uh, my window, my checkout window, and he I said, "Wow, looks like you got a nice little shindig going on." And of course, the guy was like, "Yeah, it's, it's WrestleMania tonight." Oh, <laughs> and, oh, and I was oh, like, man. "That's when I literally was like, I quit. I, I fucking hate this job <laughs> so fucking much." Um, and no, I did. I didn't quit immediately. I didn't last longer. You know, it's yeah. one of those stopgap. You know, learn learn how to work type jobs. Um, so yeah, I was out of there. You know later on that year but um as far as getting to wrestlemania 23 i remember kind of i don't want to say like storybook fashion but like it's christmas morning in the rosenbluth house we're all opening presents we're all passing presents around and you know it's a joyous you know time like it is in any other house and you know you get to that point in christmas i'm actually getting chills thinking about it now but you get you get to that point at christmas where like you, you keep searching further and further under the tree looking around you know, just hoping that there's more presents left to um, to open because you don't want Christmas to end. And unfortunately, it looked like it was that time of the day where Christmas was ended and there was no more presents. And then I think I recall you saying afterwards and we kind of determined, oh, that was it. Christmas was over, right? I think you like looked at mom or something. You're like, oh, do you want me to go go grab them? And I didn't, I disregarded that comment. And then the next thing I know, you came out with what was given to me, which was a piggy bank. It was a rubber pig, piggy bank, but the pig was painted like a reindeer. So it was an actual pig, and his nose was still a pig nose, but it was a red, it was painted red, and then it had, it had, uh, it had antlers. I don't remember So I was told to open, this is interesting, I was told to open the, uh, the bottom of the piggy bank, um, and attached to the lid, before I could even digest what I was looking at, I was told by whether it was you or mom. This is a ticket to WrestleMania 23. It was the, the straight-up ticket stuff. And I was like, holy smokes. And, like, from then on there, I was just like, oh, my God, I'm going to be able to see this guy. I've never, you know, I, I, for what I, I remember the rumors at the time were, like, Hulk Hogan was going to be there. Yep. So I was like, I'm going to see Hulk Hogan. I've never seen Hulk Hogan live before. Like, yeah. So I was just, like, jacked that I'm going to be able to go and travel. Yep, we're going to book flights. We're going to be there the whole weekend. We're going to go with... Rob and his family and his kids, it's going to be an awesome time. And I'm like, I'm gearing up to graduate high school this year, you know, that year. So I'm like, man, that, like life just couldn't get any better. So yeah, that's really, that was Christmas morning, December 2006. I was 17 years old. So it was later on after that WrestleMania 22 tragedy um, was that, which was probably maybe one of the greatest Christmas presents I've ever got. It was the the very first WrestleMania ticket I ever had. And I still have that ticket somewhere. I can actually dig it up. I'm, I, I might have that ticket in my... Uh, I think my, I have all of my tickets, my actually. I don't have all of them, but I think I might Almost have Almost all of them. One. I might have to um, search a few places, but I'm pretty sure I have all of them. But the planning for that was rather interesting because um, at the time I was working for, you just mentioned him, my, my good buddy Rob Polo. He had a, a, a catering company um, where you know we were doing catered functions as well as... Um, a, uh, a gutter cleaning and power washing business and uh, I was doing that as well he had two businesses and I had known you know you know the story but some of our listeners don't I've known Rob since I was 15 years old he gave my first job in the restaurant business uh, 
And so um, Rob and I have been friends ever since. And I've worked for him off and on over the course of, I'd say, over 20 years. So um, Rob, I was working for him at the time, and his kids were into wrestling. They were just starting to get into wrestling. He knew I was into it, and they were just starting to get into it. And we were, I I think I was over the house one night, and they had a, a thing for, like, tickets go on sale for WrestleMania. And he was sitting on the couch with his laptop, and he just said something like, he goes, uh, he goes, WrestleMania, that's like the Super Bowl, right? That's like their version of the Super Bowl. I said, yeah, it's their biggest show of the year. It's where, like, all the, the storylines culminate and, you know, some begin and some end. And, you know, it's their big show, like you said, the Super Bowl. And he was like, just for shits and giggles, you know, just for ha-has, let's see, you know, what, what tickets are like. I'm like, oh, Rob, like, this shit's going to sell out. Like, you know, and tickets are expensive. And he was like, he was like, well, let's just see. What, you know, what the fuck, right? And, uh... He goes on the computer and he's like, well, there's, there's, there's plenty of seats available. Um, and he was like going through the prices or whatever. Um, and he's like, what's the best seat? He goes, where's it going to be held? I'm like, well, it's going to be held at Ford Field where the Detroit Lions play. He was like, that's football stadium? I was like, yeah. He goes, well, what's the best seat where I'm not going to like lose my shirt? And I'm like, well, probably like dead center from the ring so you can see everything, which would probably be like the lower bowl of the stadium, maybe even like like the riser seats that like they put on the floor after you get from the, you know, in a football stadium, after you get from the bleachers, they, they, they put in riser seats. Right. Right. So he was like looking through and he was like, you know, he goes, let's go to WrestleMania. And I was like, you're not, I'm like, stop. I'm like, he's like, no, let's, let's take the, wouldn't it be fun? We get in the car, we drive, we'll go to WrestleMania. We'll make a road trip out of it. He's like, well, we'll take the kids. I was like, well, (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I, I was like, I was like, he's kind of serious about this, and so um, I said, "Well, if you're really serious about this, Rob, I'm like, that's a lot of money, and I don't know if I have that kind of money." He's like, "You can work it off," because I worked for him at the time. So right, he was right. like, "He's like, you can work it off." I was like, "All right, well, what about?" I go, "My brothers are big wrestling fans, and they would love to go. Like, would that be okay?" He was like, "He's like, yeah, but you know, your parents probably have to pay for their ticket." And I'm like, "Okay, so I'll talk to my parents." So. He ordered all the tickets before right I on could the spot. Even, right on the spot, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, we're really going to WrestleMania!" And like, it ha- I didn't even haven't gone. I didn't gone to mom and dad yet to try and confirm it with with them if you would be able to go, take time off from school and everything else. Yeah. And so he was like, "If they can't go, he goes, I'll just sell them on StubHub and I'll probably make all my money back or something to that effect." And I was like, "Well, yeah, you go, but you probably could." Yeah. So. Um, I went to mom and dad, and I basically said to them, so Rob Polo and I are taking the kids to go to WrestleMania, and they got two extra tickets. Would you allow Justin and Daryl to go with us? Um, and, you know, as long as you guys, like, pay for their, their, their ticket. And dad's like, how much is the ticket? I'm like, it's $250. And he was like, all right, well, that's going to be their big Christmas present. Like, you know, you'll have a little, couple little things, but that's your big one. That's the, the, the grand finale. So Rob was the one that came up with doing it in this way. Like originally Rob wanted to put the ticket somehow in like a Hershey's bar, kind of like what Willy Wonka with the golden ticket, mm, you know, that, that whole been, concept. That would have been cool. But shit. he was afraid that like, 
That's First of all, the kids. Like well, the the kids wouldn't have given a shit. Like like maybe even you or like his his young kids at the time wouldn't have even given a shit about a candy bar. They would just been like, oh, I got a Hershey bar, and then they'll throw it back in their stocking, you know. Or they were afraid they were gonna rip it open to the point where they ripped the ticket. So he was like, that's out. So I said, all right, I'll come up with my own idea. You just tell the kids however you're gonna tell them. And I think he put the tickets in the kids' stockings. I want to say, or he handed them to them, like kind of similar to what I did with you. I didn't do the whole. I don't remember coming up with the reindeer piggy bank idea. I think that was a mom and dad yeah, that was thing, probably. Mom probably. And dad, but I had said to them, make sure that's the last thing that they open. Like, and that's how everything was. That's all. That's what I remember to the best of my mm-hmm. knowledge. That's how it all transpired. And then we fast forward a few months later, and. We had already spent a couple of days in Detroit, and this was before the precursor of how big the weekend has gotten on a on a on a larger scale. Because there wasn't a fan access at the time, and there was there was the Hall of Fame, but they they had minimal events going on. Yeah, it was still seemed like just a one day thing. For yeah, the most part. you know, and so. Um, we kind of kicked ourselves in the in the foot, like, damn, we should have gone to the Hall of Fame. Like, even the kids, like, Rob was Rob almost bought tickets for the Hall of Fame too, and I'd said, Rob, they're not going to want to go. It's wrestlers that have wrestled thirty years ago. That's from my time. I would enjoy it, but you don't have to buy the tickets. I know the young guys wouldn't care. So we watched the Hall of Fame in the hotel. And I don't know if you remember, and the kids were like all excited that like Dusty Rhodes got inducted. And one of them was like seven years old. Like, right, they don't right, know right. who Dusty is, but they were super excited. And Rob's like, see, stupid, we should have gotten tickets. And I was yeah, like, yeah, once you're there though, like if you were, it's different. But, um, you know, the, 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 because there wasn't a whole lot going on that weekend, um, I just remember, um, when we, when the morning of, and we went to Hockey Town. The, we went there, that was like our spot the whole weekend. Pretty much, yeah. Like we went there like uh, like all the time. Like, I picked I, you up from the airport. Yeah. And then we Saturday went. morning is when we came in. Yep. Um. So yeah, that man. I think like that. That's these last couple ones have kind of just based on money turned into what the original WrestleMania was like for us. But man, like I couldn't imagine even this year going on a Saturday morning. And I mean this year. We're showing up on Friday afternoon and we're leaving Sunday night. Yeah. That's, man, I That's feel... from a monetary standpoint. I feel guilty yeah. just doing that. But yeah. you know what? There's, there's going to be stuff to... There's going to be so much to do anyways. But yeah, no, back to your point. Like, yeah, we got picked up Saturday and we just went off and running. Like, got bite to eat, got to check out downtown Detroit. That's like the cool thing that, like, I enjoy most, almost as much as the, the wrestling is... Where you go and like the if you've the, never been there, yeah, too, yeah. When would I ever go to Detroit? Yeah, you know what I mean. And I'll probably never go back there unless it was a WrestleMania for that matter. That's yeah. no, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I just it's not a tourist city. You know yeah. what I mean. You just don't go there. So like, it all started there. You know what I yep. mean. And, and it's hard that Detroit would be the 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 standard. It's more like I would say the launching pad for that type of vacation that we take every year, where it's we get to go and, and check out these really cool places and. Um, yeah, like you said, it was a, it was a fun time. 
Yeah, um, and you know, they kind of did like a little mini fan access, I remember like within the concourse of Ford Field, Yes. but it was like very like limited, like they had like four or five different little photo, op photo ops, and, and I got to do commentary on like a, a Matt Hardy-Gregory Helms match, which I still have the DVD. I remember watching that after, yeah. Um, which was pretty cool, uh, but you know, let's get to the, you know, because th that weekend was so short, let's get to the morning of, uh, you know, we, we, we get lunch at Hockey town like you said that was our spot for the weekend we pretty much just went there and probably had the whole menu the whole weekend because we tried just yeah. about everything um and uh i remember the weather especially during that time of year especially in detroit being so close to canada um being close to the border where windsor ontario lakes is, yeah you know you know it was surprisingly warm like yes it was early spring but it was like there were people walking around wearing shorts and it was, you know, the streets were filled. I think they even blocked off some of the streets for people yep. to just kind of hang out in, um, kind of have like a block party, so to speak. And uh, do you now? Do you remember going into the stadium and the ticket issue? Yeah, I remember that some of those tickets were like deemed obstructed, yep. like their view. We had nine tickets and four, four of them. Yeah. Four out of the nine were deemed obstructed view. Yeah, so I remember that. That was once we were in there, hour as we were getting in, as you would say, and and that that's when the four of them got upgraded to the floor. Yep. They were what maybe like ten, twelve rows behind the tenth row, tenth row behind the the the, the commentators, you know, table, um, the announce table. Um, but yeah, the rest of us were kind of in that. We were on the risers, I believe. Yeah, next um, to the um, the scaffolding structure yeah. that holds the audio equipment and the hard camera. Yeah, exactly. So that was obstructing your view. Yeah. from the the the, the set. The we entry. were still able to see it, but there were a lot but, of but, open but, seats yeah, around there. Yeah, it was. I think it was still very just kind of you know touch and go. So if they could yeah. get people extra seats, they would. Yeah. Um, but I remember like, you know, of course there was kids there that were much younger than I, and I was like. And I know that you had kind of been like the chaperone, if you will, for a lot of those younger guys yeah. to go down. Man, to think that those guys are young. Then I know all of them have graduated high school now. Um, yeah, they're all grown. Oh my god! I just yeah. saw them. I just saw all those kids recently. So I, uh, I was, um, I just remember that you know they're younger kids. You know, ain't about me. So I was, I, they were gonna go down and get the get the good seats, and you know that was totally cool. I'm here at WrestleMania. It didn't matter to me. Uh, the, and I remember saying, and you had said something, I think you were kind of like, hey, I'm going to be down there with these guys. And I was like, look, you're like, oh, we're going to, we're going to, you know, swap people in and out for certain matches yeah. and, you know, trade wristbands. I wanted to try and make it fair. Yeah. And I was like, look, I don't care where I am for about 99% of the show. I just want to be on the floor for the main event. Yeah. Because that's to me, you know what I mean? The main event. Oh, yeah. Whatever that is. You Absolutely. know what I mean? That's why I'd be down there for the main event of WrestleMania. That's almost like, to me, being in the main event yep. in a lot of respects. So I was like, just I want to be down there for that. So um, I recall my – some of my memories, at least as far as the show, the show beginning, I remember there was a T-shirt very that Stone Cold had just rolled out. Um, the sh the shirt said arrive race hell and leave yeah and it had yeah. like a like an airbrush type design and it was a really popular shirt to the point where there was no booth in Ford Field that sold XL sized versions of the Steve Austin shirt I remember shirt. that because I wanted to go buy it yeah. and my dumbass didn't you know was too marvelled by the sights and the sounds to go to the merchandise stand right away so by the time I wanted to get up there to go it wasn't there so anyways I made my way down. 
to go back to the seat before, as the show was literally starting. I think, like, the, the dark match had just ended, which was uh, a tag team match. It was Carlito and Ric Flair against uh, Gregory Helms and Chavo. It was a lumberjack tag team match. Um, and I remember specifically trying walking through the section of the stadium that was tarped off because of the production. And there was the, the they're going through the opening video package on the big screen. The lights were all out and the, the, the audience is, you know, the anticipation is mounting. And this one guy, I walked by him and he was like a WWE production guy. I don't know what his, his job was, but, uh, he like pulls me aside. He like stops me. He's like, he's like, stop walking. And he like drags me down with him. And he's like on one knee in the aisle, like with a walkie talkie. And, he said, you have to stay here. And as that's happening, you know, the video package plays, the place goes nuts, the lights come back on, the firework pro pyro presentation goes off, and and um, he then dismissed me. I was allowed to go back to my seat. I don't know if there was some sort of, you know, I was going to be caught on camera or it was going to ruin some sort of production um, thing, but I was, I, I specifically remember that. I wasn't allowed to, to, to cut through or move through that area during that period of time. Um, for whatever hazard or reason. But anyways, um, uh, I also remember at one point, because we were kind of floating because we had the, 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 the wristbands. Um, how much of the show did you actually watch on the floor? I kind of bounced back and forth. Um, I watched the opening match on the floor, um, the Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, I watched... I remember being on the floor for Undertaker's entrance, and then I went up to the seats with you to watch the match with him and Batista. Mm-hmm. And then I remember going on the floor for Stone Cold's entrance because I wanted to be that close when he came out. And I remember just feeling the like with Undertaker's entrance and how long that ramp was. Ten rows on the floor, you could feel that fire, that heat. Like that's how strong yeah, that. Like fifty plus yards. That, for the record, like you're saying, that goes for any of the. I mean, having gone to twelve of them, every WrestleMania where there's a flame entrance like that, no matter where you sit in that stadium, you, feel you it. can feel it. It don't yeah. matter where you sit. Exactly. You could be in the. You could be in the top, all yeah. the way up top. I'm sure you could feel it. And but you know that, and then the Austin entrance when he came out for the billionaires match with Donald Trump and. I could feel the floor shaking, like, when he came out. Like, I had never felt anything like that at a wrestling event ever in all right. the years I've gone to wrestling. So there was that, and then I went back up for that match. So I kind of bounced back and forth. I was trying – I don't know what it was about that night, but, like, I think I was so caught up in the fact that I was there that, like, I had, like, ADD. Like, and no disrespect to anyone who suffers, you know, who deals with ADD, but – you know, I couldn't figure out where I wanted to sit and what I wanted to be yeah. a part of because I was just so excited to be there that, like, I was, I don't know, I couldn't, I, I can't really describe it, but I came up for that match and then eventually when, you, like you said, you wanted to get down for the main event, I wanted to sit and watch it with you and Daryl and the other kids, you know, Rob's young kids at the time. So, um, and the funny thing about the, the, the us getting moved to the floor, the first 10 rows 
those are the those are the seats where you get to take home the chairs. Yeah. So I just remember walking to the floor and I'm like, oh my God, we're gonna get a chair. 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 Then we get to the tenth row on the floor and it's four seats that were just like that that the building owned and everything else was the fucking WrestleMania chairs. And I was so pissed. I was like, man. And then I'll never forget the next day when um we were taking the shuttle at the airport because where we were where our rental car was we had to go like all the way across the other side of the 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 the, the airport to get to our terminal and there was this woman with her husband and their young kid must have been like you know nine ten years old and all three of them got chairs and I don't know what I don't know if it was the kid and the husband that dragged her along, but she was like, "I can't believe I gotta lug this fucking chair around." Like she was so mad, yeah. and I almost wanted to be like, "I'll take that off." Of yeah, yours. but like it was already wrapped, and yeah. I guess it was like tagged by the airport, like it was as a part of like a carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, there's they, a hassle to that. And I think yeah. I'm, I imagine that they paid for it to get all that stuff done. So oh, like, I'm sure she didn't want to give me the chair after she probably spent seventy five bucks to be allowed to put the fucking thing on the plane anyway. So right. Um, but yeah, going back to the, the the show itself, then we sat and watched the main event, and I remember Rob saying he was like, "Once that bell rings, you get the kids, and we are out of here. I want to make sure that I don't hit any traffic." And um, that was the weekend that I got to hang out with the roster through my friendship with um, uh, former TNA Knockout Velvet Sky, who at the time was dating. Shane Helms, who was wrestling as the Hurricane, um, I got to be a part of Gregory Helms at this time. Gre- he, yeah, he did the Gregory Helms uh, Cruiserweight Championship kind of uh, character. Um, I got to go to the uh, the bar after the Condemned movie premiere, where the bartender cut off Stone Cold Steve Austin at last call when Austin wanted to buy a round for everyone in the bar. And then he was like, "I'm just gonna go up to my room and drink beer. Fuck this." And <laughs> I'll never forget, like the uh, Sandman was so blackout drunk, like he was walking around with like like those Tiva Jesus sandals with like black jeans, a leather coat, and no t-shirt on with a big cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And he was like practically like dragging JBL, like he was hanging all over him and dragging him down. Um, the Wild Samoans, Gold Dust, John Laurinaitis. Uh, I got to hang out with Matt Hardy and Mr. Kennedy. Um, I met The Miz uh, for the first time. Elijah Burke, um, Val Venus, Afa. Um, I got to meet him because he had trained uh, Velvet Sky at one point. Um, it was just a fu- that that first night was a fun night. Then of course, I, I dr- we, we go back to the hotel and I was invited to go to the after party, and I went to the after party and that was where. Um, I, I mean, I met a bunch of guys too, but like, I took a piss next to John Cena, and he he had quite a few to drink. Um, I, I hung out with um, Kurt Henning's daughter, uh, Amy. Um, she was very nice. Uh, we hung out uh, for a little bit. Uh, Mickey James, Ken Ken Doan at the time they were dating. Um, I met Undertaker briefly. Randy Orton and Edge. I'll never forget. They had like a room in the in this ballroom that was like cordoned off so that like you could like watch the WrestleMania show on the TV because they would you know have the show on the TVs. So we were. I was sitting at a table with Shane Helms, Booker T and his wife, Randy Orton, Mr. Kennedy and his wife at the time, um, and I forget who else. And Michael Hayes was standing nearby, and. 
Edge walks in, and this is after he did. They did the spot where Jeff Hardy like crotched the ladder, and yeah. Edge was on, and it split and broke. And I'll never forget. Like Edge walks in, he's limping, and he looks like he's in a lot of pain. And Michael Hayden, and if I remember correctly, I believe he broke his jaw, and that's why before the match. But they didn't want to take him out, so that's why they did the spot to eliminate him from the match. He was injured going into this right. match. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I'll never forget Michael Hayes. It was just so funny. And just picture it. You know, Michael Hayes all pimped out with the t- with the hat and his funky colored suit, and he's just like, "Fucking Adam, fucking Adam, you're a, you're the fucking man, Adam." Like he was just like clapping up a store. Like it was just hilarious. Like the way he was like praising him. You are fucking unbelievable. You're doot doot doot. Like you're the fucking man. Like you took that shit. Like he was just like totally putting him over. Um, it, it was a wrestling fan's dream to be a part of that night. Um, Bobby Heenan got to meet him, Jim Ross, Mean Gene. Um, it was just, it, it truly was the, the best part of the whole night was, um, I didn't get to meet Vince, even though I wanted to, but I was kind of afraid to. He showed up late, and he was standing around with Bruce Pritchard, Triple H, Stephanie, and I think Kevin Dunn. And there was a band playing. And the band stopped playing, and Vince wanted to make an announcement. He thanked everyone, and it's the, you know, as of right now, this is the largest grossing WrestleMania. Early numbers say we did good on pay per view, blah, 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 you know? And then, like, he takes his hat off and, like, wipes his brow. And he did it to get attention because he lost his hair in the hair match, and sure. everyone just kind of like went like, "Ooh!" And then he was just like, "What are you looking at?" And then he kind of went into full Mr. McMahon mode. If any of you make fun of my hair, you're fired. Then like the whole place fucking popped, and <laughs> so. But yeah, it was it was it was an awesome experience that totally made the weekend for me. Um, as my at my first WrestleMania, it was like the cherry on top of the Sunday. Right, right. It's kind of hard to follow that one for sure. Well, I mean, we did. I, I did kind of follow it because I had the same thing the following year in Orlando when we went to the Citrus Bowl. I got to hang out with those guys again, uh, which was cool through uh, through through Velvet and Shane. Um, very fortunate to do that. I got to meet Edge and Shane McMahon and um, you know, Matt Hardy and CM Punk and Luke Gallows. You know, a few different guys, but um, s- similar. Similar vibe, you know, all those guys hanging out. But uh, WrestleMania 24 in Orlando, you know, you got the bug. We got the bug. Yeah. We, we decided we were going to go again. Um, this time we didn't go with Rob and his family. Um, we went with a girl I was dating at the time, and it was probably a big mistake. But you decided you were going to the Hall of Fame because Ric Flair was getting inducted. Oh, yeah. I mean, to so, me, that's, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about your experience at the Hall of Fame in 2008 when Ric Flair got inducted. I will say probably, and maybe because it was the first one I've been to, um, that it was hands down the best Hall of Fame I've probably ever been to. Um that was just like that was like just a magical magical night um you know obviously there's really no need to explain or introduce who rick flair is and what he means to wrestling but the fact that um you've got a whole floor whole audience of people of professional wrestlers that he could he brought to tears with just the fact that he's being honored at the hall of fame um was uh it was a big deal um i remember we didn't have the best tickets either and i didn't care i think you got them at like the last minute too yeah probably um and i wanted to go but my girlfriend at the time was like you're gonna be doing enough wrestling this weekend do you really need to go and i'm like well 
He is. I mean, yeah, I was like, fine. It's Ric Flair. Like, I mean, yeah, it's Ric Flair. He really is going to retire. She's like, no, he's not. And I'm like, fine, I won't go. Right, right, right. right. Um, <laughs> to I just, her credit, she stuck it out. Like, I mean, we'll talk about that At the time, and it was funny, and they don't do this anymore, and I'm kind of disappointed that they don't. At the time, it was sp- outlined as a part of going is that it was like casual attire. Like, they treated the Hall of Fame, especially here at this stage, as like, you come wearing your best. Yep. Because that's what the inductees are, are dressed as. And, yeah. you know, it was a, a a gala of sorts, you know, in an arena sitting there. Um, I just remember this one, inst- you know, getting into the arena. And, of course, like, you go to any wrestling event and, you know, the, the, the woos are echoing through any wrestling arena, gymnasium, armory, backyard you go to because that's how big of a deal Ric Flair is but of course it's a little extra on this the whole weekend was woos um oh yeah you know before there was ever yeses or fandangos chants or anything like that you know that was the weekend of woos we went to universal studios earlier in the day and we were waiting in line to go on a roller coaster yeah. Woo! yeah and everything was yeah i mean so of course it's amplified here at the hall of fame and i remember me and my brother daryl our brother daryl we get we get to the uh to uh, the section where we're supposed to be at or, you know, where you kind of meet the usher and they kind of direct you to where you need to go. And it was just like this little old lady. She kind of looked like, God, what's the lady's... What's the old lady's name? The mom in the Golden Girls. Um... Uh, she had, like the, she had the, the she was fresh as hell and like you know, oh shit I should know this because I watched that show yeah I don't um, remember her name her name was um well they, they referred to her as mom in yeah the show, she was the mom like, of one was, of the other Golden Girls yeah um, um so it's not Betty White it's not B Arthur it's not um yeah it's one of, it's what in the in the show it's one Estelle? of their roles. sure yeah maybe. so so the woman looked just like her. now that I now that I think about it. And I hand her our tickets, and I'm like, oh, hi, how are you? You know, and she's a sweet old lady voice, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, we're just looking for our seats. Estelle Getty. Estelle Getty, See, okay. I knew it was her. So I knew it was her. I, she looks at our tickets, and she's like, oh, that's all the way up there in heaven. <laughs> and she said heaven. Yeah, like, that's, and, when, and I'm not kidding, and we couldn't have, we couldn't have been le- more than five rows from the top. You were touching the Orlando yeah. NBA Eastern Conference Finals Championship Pretty banner. much. <laughs> Pretty much. But that's just one of those things yeah. I remember. We're like, man. And, and, and it's going to sound very, like, you know, romantic to say, but, like, that whole night was like being in heaven. You know, The Rock was returning to the WWE that's for right. the first time in years. He was inducting his father, the, you know, Rocky Johnson, and his grandfather, High Chief Peter Maivia. Um the Briscoe brothers were getting in. And, you know, my generation knows, you know, Jerry Briscoe as being a stooge, but, like, you know, as a you know a little bit of a you know student of, of the history of wrestling, I know who's I know who Jack Briscoe was. I know what Jerry Briscoe did. Um, Eddie Graham, uh, you know, icon in the state of Florida as far as youth and athletics, and and uh, he was getting in the Hall of Fame. Dusty Rhodes was going to be inducting him. So that's like, oh my God, just it was like a red carpet to me. Yeah. Um, and just the whole night was just such a magical, magical night. Um, that I remember when we got out of the Hall of Fame and like you guys were waiting for us already like parked like we came down the stairs the car was there we jumped in you're like how was it and i said my, my exact words were dave if wrestlemania sucks tomorrow shit even if it got canceled this weekend was perfect i got to see the uh, the nature boy rick flair get into the hall of fame and his speech is up there and, and if we ever did mount rushmore of hall of fame speeches oh he's was, on it he's yeah. that speech was it may, it may have not been the catchiest but that is a man who can talk all night long as far as i'm concerned um that was 
That was so cool. I, it, yeah, I don't. It, it was um, it was real special for sure. And and that's when I knew at that point, year two of my of my journey of WrestleManias, that I was like, I'm not missing the Hall of Fame now. I, you know, I, you like, I'm not missing WrestleMania. And I'm not missing the Hall of Fame. Come hell or high water, and I'm going to the next one for damn sure because I don't know who's getting in and how awesome it's going to be. Well, it's interesting about your evening at the Hall of Fame. Um, the girl I was dating at the time, she's a nice girl, you know, bless her heart. Uh, she had to put up with, you know, me at, you know, in 2008. I was not a, I was not a model citizen to say the least. But um, oh yeah, she's going on a, she's going on a wrestling gorge fest with three diehard wrestling fans. Yeah, the Rosables, no less. Yeah, so yeah, so, bless her I heart. Mean, yeah, she, <laughs> she, you know, she, she toughed it out. But I mean, by the end of that weekend, she was, she was done with it. She went down for the three count for sure. She, she wanted no part of wrestling whatsoever. Yeah. But um, we um. I remember saying to you, when Flair goes on, you text me, and then I'll leave. Because <laughs> right. we were going out to dinner that night. We went to Margaritaville at the Universal City Walk. Yep. And um, she was saying to me, you know, well, how long do you think this is going to be? I was like, ah, his speech is no more than like a half hour. Hour tops. <laughs> okay? Hour Boy, tops. she All right? And so... When you sent me that, t- first of all, you sent me a text. You were like, they put the rock on first. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. And then you told me, Flair's coming on right now. I'm like, all right. And we we shoveled our food in our mouth, okay? Then we raced to the parking lot to get in the car because then we had to drive across town to go on the highway to come yeah, get now you that I, Now that I'm familiar with that layout. At the arena. Where City Walk is and where downtown is. That's not a fun drive. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, and, we, and we got stuck in a little traffic. Yeah. And I was like. And the whole time in the car, I'm like, oh, man, they're going to be waiting outside. And, this, you know, I was kind of worried that, like, you guys were going to be waiting for us. And we, you know, literally, we ran. She was wearing heels. She was pissed she had to run in heels. And she took them off. And we get to the, we get to the arena. And there's nobody outside the arena. And and, and I'm like, um, what's going on? And I think you said, like, the speech is still going on. And then you started, like, updating me, like, what he was saying in the speech. Like, in the text, you were like, so he told this story about, I'm like, well, is it fucking over yet? Like, you know who's sitting next to me right now? She's not happy, you know? And so... um, she was like, she was like, she was like half hour, hour tops, really. Like she was not happy whatsoever. So then finally, after like it was like almost ninety minutes, it had to be. I think even I think we even waited. Like I, I think we made good time, got there, and I wouldn't be surprised looking back on it if when we got to the arena, it was still the early part of his speech. Like if you remember his speech, she were there, where he goes through the list of people that weren't in his real speech because they weren't old enough to be in his speech, like Jericho and yeah, all them other yeah, guys, yeah, right? Yeah. And talk Big Show and Edge. Not because you're not good enough, but because you're not old enough. That was probably the point in time when, like, that's when we were waiting outside the arena in the parking lot. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Um, And then you got in the car and you were like, and you were telling all these crazy stories, and it was just, I was like, damn, I gotta go to a Hall of Fame, man. Like, and I didn't, and it's in my head. I wasn't gonna be the jerk driving while, you know, Miss Miserable's in the, in the passenger seat 
seat. Like, you know, I, I didn't want to be like, you know, see, look what you made me miss, you know, because like, <laughs> she, because she was putting up with a lot of shit yeah. that weekend too yeah. with the three of us. So. Yeah, we went to, um, went to the first ever live episode of TNA Impact. That's right. We got, the, that. we got the hookup from Velvet Sky. She hooked us up with free tickets, which they weren't really tickets. They just put our name on a list yeah. and we walked in. But yeah, that was the first live Impact wrestling they ever did um, from the Impact Zone. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, she was sick that night because it yeah, was so Yeah, I remember she was there. very miserable. I felt bad for her, too, because yeah. that was like... Oh, man, that's like the blind leaning the blind watching that. <laughs> yeah, um, right. I mean, it was a wrestling show, but I mean, I, I say the term loose. Actually, there were some parts of it that were cool. Um, and I thought it was cool, again, to kind of build this week, weekend that has become what it is. Like, all right, this is a non-WWE thing to do. Yeah. You know, it's a vacation. Yep. We're building it around WrestleMania. We're yeah. just adding this thing that's not included, which obviously, if you're in Orlando, what else is there to do other than go to WrestleMania? Well, you ride the roller coasters, you go to the parks. Disney, you do all these Universal cool things. I know, you, I know you went to Disney World for a day. Yep, we did um, Disney for a yeah, day. Um, so, I mean, come on. I mean, and I remember we did Universal as we well. We did Disney for a day, and I almost met Shawn Michaels. I remember you said that he was there, yeah. And... I was standing, and he was probably, I'd say, about, like, 10 feet in front of me. He was pushing his daughter in the stroller. Her son, his son was walking next to him, and his wife, Rebecca, was there. And there was, like, cops and Disney security yeah, surrounding big time. him. And he had the straw cowboy hat with the, 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 the jean shorts and the, 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 the black wife beater, the sunglasses. And I was like, all right, I'm going to follow him just to see where he's going. And they managed to get to Splash Mountain. And they cut that line, like yeah, they, because they, they had those perks, yep. and you know they ended up going on the ride. But that was as far as I got to Shawn Michaels, yep. and that was that was the only time I really went super fanboy stalker because you, you know me, I'm not very like into you know hounding you know guys yeah, out these in public. Are, like, yeah, these are these are people. Yeah, exactly. Guys so, on like, vacation. Not that we are above most wrestling fans because yeah. I'm not saying that at all. But just me prefer. I don't. Per, I don't prefer. No, I, to, I tend to. I tend to feel the same way it's not you know if, if you're walking right if you're walking into my person into In my bubble sight, yeah. yeah and i gotta like move around you or you gotta move around me i might say something you yeah. know what i mean but it, again it With all the depends. exception of that one night in new orleans you don't remember oh that? oh with brett yeah See, that's the exception. Brett, the exception. Brett's the exception. Yeah. Brett's the exception. Uh, I mean, we'll have we'll jump into that now and then go back. But uh, we were at a bar that you know in on Bourbon Street that had you know we were on the second floor looking out the swamp. Yeah, um, which we that was like home for the which, weekend. Which we which we returned to last year for WrestleMania a couple times. Um, WrestleMania thirty four. Uh, and you had seen Bret Hart go underneath the swamp because there was a t shirt to a t shirt shop on the on the ground floor. Yeah, and. I had legs like Jordan because I don't even. I never think, saw you run that. Fast. I don't think I. I don't think I touched a stair, a step, uh, going down to the ground level. And you had quite a few to drink that night. Oh so I yeah. ran after you to make sure you didn't fall down the stairs. And, and I made was, a clean man. Yeah, you made. A, yeah, you made a clean shot. You took a picture, and I was like, "Well, shit." While I'm here, I might as well get a picture. Yeah, I too. was like, "Brett, how you doing?" And I was like, I was very professional as far yeah. as I recall. I was like, "Brett." How you doing? I'm a huge fan. Up until I, you met him, you were super fanboy. Yeah. But once you met him, all of a yeah. sudden it totally changed. I was like, I because I first met him in 1995 when he came into Hartford. So I was like, I met you as a little boy when I was, you know, when you came through Hartford, Connecticut for an autograph signing. It's just, it's just awesome that I get to see you here again. And, and he kind of dated himself and kind of made a little wisecrack about his age. But he was like, wow, 
that must make me really old or whatever. And then we took a quick picture and that was the end of it. Back upstairs to partying. So, yeah, that's the – Bret Hart is and will always be the only exception and to I, that and rule. I was, and I wasn't going to ask him for a picture until he noticed my Macho Man t-shirt. And he was like, that's a pretty cool shirt. And oh, that's I, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I miss Randy. And I was like, you mind if I get a picture with you? <laughs> that's when, you know, we, yeah. we took a picture. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, and like so, you said, it's not common practice, I think, for you or I to, to – to, ch- to hound you or chase you down. Hulk Hogan would be my exception. Fair. I mean, fair. Hulk I can't, I can't deny Michaels that. would be my exceptions right yeah. there. But, um, yeah, so th- that weekend in Orlando, we did Disney, the parks, you did Hall of Fame, and then comes WrestleMania, the first outdoor wrestling show you and I had been to. I was pretty pumped because, like I've told you this before on this show, I'm a big mark for outdoor wrestling shows. I love stadium shows. I just love the way that they look, the presentation. Uh, even though WrestleMania 9 sucks to most people, I think it's a pretty cool-looking show based on the look from the outdoor field right. and the Roman Empire theme. And, yes, even the finish with Hogan winning. Like, I, I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. But, nonetheless, I was really excited for this WrestleMania, getting to the seats, and I'll, I remember, like, I remember we paid for a parking spot on like a little league baseball field. Like they turned it into a parking lot, this baseball field. And this stadium was like in the middle of the ghetto. There was like shithole house after shithole house after shithole house. It's still in the middle of the ghetto. Yeah. It's still a shithole. The stadium is actually. They've redone. They've redone, but but like um, for the most part. It's renovated. They didn't knock it down, but they pretty much gutted it and made it look like a brand new place. But yeah. Yeah. Baseball stadium. The baseball fields are still there. Okay. Yeah. And so I remember when we got it, when we were getting into the stadium, um, it was starting to rain and they were, they were handing out ponchos. They were giving away like free, like yellow WrestleMania ponchos. So I grabbed a couple just in case you sat opposite side from me with Daryl. And I sat with my ex-girlfriend at the time. And, um, I'll just never forget, like, looking at, like, the whole setup while I was there. I was, like, mesmerized by not only just the, the production with the staging, but, like, the, the signs and the palm trees in, like, different corners of the, of the, the, uh, the, the stadium. The stadium. Yeah. And I just remember a lot of times, like, I was looking around, and I had a tendency to do that at other WrestleManias following this, where I would just, like, look around and be like, oh, my God, there's somebody up there. Like, there's somebody up way in the cheap seats, up there, having a fucking ball. Doing you know? the same exact thing you are, yeah. Yeah, doing the same thing I yeah. am, but in, like, a much higher, you know, a much higher spot in the yeah. stadium. And yeah. I just remember being so mesmerized, and then, um, and we kind of talked about this a little bit on the on the, the MVP Part 2 show last week, but um, for me, that night was all about Shawn Michaels and, and Ric Flair and that moment with the I'm sorry, I love you, and that was the first time at a wrestling event that I had ever gotten emotional and I started to cry because I watched my childhood with Ric Flair walking up that ramp at that time for the last time, and one of my all-time favorites, Shawn Michaels, being the one to do that. Um, yeah. It was just the whole the whole scene and the setup with that and just the, the, the walking into the stadium and being a part of all of it. Like, it was just a... The weather was great. Like eventually, the weather broke and it, it stayed, you know, normal Florida temperatures. Temperatures at that time of year. I was just like, I was, I was in a, you know, another, another world, another time zone, so to speak. While I was at that WrestleMania, like I was just awe inspired by being there. Yeah, I think that was the, you know, and obviously the one in Ford Field was was big time and it was a big deal and 
you know, I just think this, the, the moving to the following year, it was like this slow build of what it's now become where now it's never leaving stadiums. It's never, yeah, they're not you know what to... I mean? It's, 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 it's the size of the Super Bowl and the Olympics in terms of demand to go. And it's, it's, and it, it, it and in many ways to me, like the 23 started like this stadium era. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's, and it'd be cool to, to say that I jumped on it at the right time. Um, but it's the slow build. And I think because it was outdoors, because he had like little Cessnas flying over with like signs over the, the, the stadium during the show and stuff like that, it seems like a Super Bowl. It seems because the outdoorness of it, you know, again, the beautiful yeah. weather, it's in a tourist place. Um, again, I think the fact that it was outdoors just made it seem that much more. Special, legitimate. Yeah, I want to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it mattered, and of course, I think a lot of that had to do with Floyd Mayweather too. Yep. And again, Ric Flair, who is cross cultural, uh, retiring. Yeah. You know, or you know, what was to be his retirement match. Um. Though, so yeah, it just it to me it was just this slow evolution. You know, and this was the next phase of it where it was like, damn man, this is the this is the talk of you know the town. I know yep. the town is such a. One, Cliche. but it really was, yeah. and and I think I've been able to gauge year over year. Some are talked about more than others, but you know this was the beginning of that because even the year before, like you had Trump, that made it a big deal. The billionaires, man, yep. you know what I mean. But again, I feel like the all things equal, the difference with this one was outdoors. Yeah. Outdoors, Super Bowls are played outside. So is WrestleMania. Yeah, rain or shine. I remember yeah. that was like the the slogan for the beginning of that promotion before they started selling tickets. Don't matter, guys. Rain or shine, WrestleMania is happening. That was also the first year that, like, a city went and actively campaigned to have a WrestleMania before yes. they even started doing the bids. Yes. I remember reading an article on WWE.com around the time of that year's WrestleMania where they told the story that the mayor, Buddy Dyer, I think his name was, um, and uh, John Sabor, who was a big part of the uh, sport, you know, the, the Central Florida. Sport, he was the head of this, what was, which is now called the Greater, uh, Greater Florida Sports Commission. Uh, no, it was called Citrus, Citrus Sports. Mm-hmm. For sports commission now it's called Central Florida. Anyways, um, but yeah, he was the head of that, and he kind of the story that he told he's told, and, and I found this story on an archive from Full Sail because he had visited Full Sail uh, to tell the story of how he became where he is with WWE. Mm-hmm. And the story that he recalls is that after WrestleMania 23, um, he or somewhere around that time, someone who worked in his office who was a fan like presented like hey have you seen this like sees what you know what they're doing or what they did or whatever you know ford field and he was like not too you know i've heard of wwe i'm not too familiar with it yeah wow this is pretty cool and that's kind of where his wheel started turning is to like let's screw the amway arena you know what i mean let's we could we could make let's pitch this to you yeah let's pitch what we can do here and then the success of 24 made vince mcmahon say Dude, you're on our side of the team now. Yeah, you know? he won. And, yeah, and he was so impressed with how yeah. how hard. Because if you because if you in the in the article I read, they had brought, um, they had all kinds of research and information in a PowerPoint presentation where yep. they had weather patterns 
of what the weather was like during that time of year to kind of ensure WWE and the company that, you know, it's safe to hold a WrestleMania outdoors because at that time of year, during that time of day, it's not likely to rain or rain as long. Um, that was a um, that that was what like I took away from that article was that they were so they, they they were so conscious of how people would be how would people would react to the weather factor being outdoors right. that they brought all this information this PowerPoint presentation of what the weather's like in Central Florida during that time of year at that time of at that time of day so I was really impressed with that um, and then eventually it became. You know, they made Orlando made that big pitch. Sabor joined the WWE team, and then City started bidding. Then it became, you know, the WWE put the put the you know put the brand on the market for cities to bid and to discuss, um, you know, hosting a WrestleMania, which would bring yeah. which would bring us to uh, twenty five in Houston. I didn't attend this one. Unfortunately, I was going to, um, but then I had to, um, my, my transmission went on my car and I needed to pay for it and I had to give up my WrestleMania ticket. Um, but, uh, you know, before, you know, now full disclosure, we have a bonus show later this week, actually WrestleMania Sunday. We're going to do a special watch party where Justin and I are going to sit down and watch, um, the uh, Shawn Michaels Undertaker match from WrestleMania 25. It's going to drop this Sunday, WrestleMania Sunday morning. Justin will be in New York getting ready for WrestleMania, but him and I are going to sit down at some point later this week, and we're going to record that so we can have that drop for you guys Sunday. Um, so we're not going to talk about you know your your experience so much with Shawn and Taker, but talk to me a little bit about your time in Houston at WrestleMania 25 in that weekend. Before I do, I wanted to really quick make a correction. So I was talking about John Zabor. Uh, okay. He was once the, the main man at was once called the Central Florida Sports Commission. They have now since rebranded to be called the Greater Orlando Sports Commission. Okay. I just wanted to make that clarification. Right. I did some volunteer work for them when I was down there briefly. Um, you know, much like any other major city, even Houston for that matter, they have these you know organizations that help establish, put together, and, and, and work with large companies like the WWE when putting on big, big scale events. Okay. Um, but anyways, going back to Houston. Um, so yes, this one was uh, tagged along with myself, Daryl, and then probably and our friend Eric Machad. Um, and What's going the, on, Eric? Loyal listener. Yeah. It's kicking on too, by the way. The, I'm gonna have him on very soon. Yeah, we're, gonna do, any, if, we're gonna do some ECW stuff because I know that's right up his uh, his alley. So if he's got any uh, you know memories on this one, by all means, chime in. Um, I. The big, the big one here, obviously, was Taker Michaels, um, that you know we were everyone was excited about. Um, Stone Cold getting in the Hall of Fame was a big deal. Um, you know, even though he wasn't old or you know ready to die or unable to compete, he was still pretty active, uh, despite not being a, a, a you know full time wrestler. Um, him getting in was you know almost the next best thing to Ric Flair getting in or Hulk Hogan getting in. That's, yeah. He's in that. He's on that on the on that elite list. Yeah, he's on that Mount Rushmore. Um, you know, on that small one hand list of people that you know deserves that act. You know that you know headlining acclaim. Um, so that was a big deal. The Von Erichs getting in the Hall of Fame was really cool. Um, Steamboat, Ricky Steamboat, yeah, uh, him him getting in. Um, 
this was the birth of what I think many people now go back to on a year-to-year basis. Coco, beware getting inducted in the Hall of Fame. When anybody gets in the Hall of Fame or there is an argument or a discussion about who well, should Coco or shouldn't. Got in. Well, yeah, well, Coco got in. That's kind of the, the, the bar that you've got to clear, um, which isn't a very high bar, and that's no disrespect to Coco. That's just, you know, Coco will be where, in my opinion, does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. But, um, you know, it's, again, it's a subjective, you know, discussion at this point before you can put anyone's name in stone somewhere. Um, anyways, um, it was, it, to me, it, it was really cool to go because... Um, I wasn't 21 yet, but it was, you know, me, Daryl, Eric on our own, you know, kind of all one and the same, you know, in an age, um, in experience going to wrestling shows. Uh, we got a, we, we, we kind of pieced this one together. This is before we got into the WrestleMania package, uh, tradition, which has since been broken, um, but I'm sure one day we'll be revisited. But we uh, we pieced out together all our tickets. We got we bought our tickets to WrestleMania Access. This was our first foray into WrestleMania Access. That's what I wanted to get into as well. Um, yeah. But so we we got our uh, motel at the Econo Lodge, literally right down the street from the Reliant Stadium. The Reliant we could open our door and take one step onto the balcony of our motel, and we could see the Reliant Stadium. Perfect. Also on that same lot was. The old Houston Astrodome. It was still standing at the time. The site of WrestleMania yeah. 17. And I was like, I want to go. I want to go check this fucker that? out. I think they have. Really? Uh, That's terrible. I, if I'm wrong, please correct me. Um, I'll Google that right now. But uh, Houston Astrodome is there, and I was like, and I mean, we're all big Attitude Era fans, and I was like, this is the site of the greatest WrestleMania that ever went down. We got to go at least walk the joint, you know. And I'm like trying to hop a fence, see if I could like, because I know the place was closed. If you, you know, it could be an abandoned building, right? Yeah, the ghost of WrestleMania passed in there. Um, and then, yeah, next door to that, in this same complex, was the convention center where WrestleMania access was. And this, kind of like the Hall of Fame, was like the best access I could ever go to. It was literally a wrestling fan heaven. Live match. You know, everything you read and see about it, live matches, meet and greets, interactive booths. Oh, my God. It was... I mean, I... It was... It was... It was it was the shit. I mean, it, I couldn't get enough of it. Um, you know, I think we met Hornswoggle. There was like a little... Um, the under the ring? Yeah, there was like a ring yeah. set up and like he was like standing there like it was his house. And they put a little mini, like almost toy fence around this like... Probably about a, as big as this table here. You know, four by six. And... Um, Alright, so I am wrong. The Astrodome has not been reno- uh, has not been demolished. As a matter of fact, they're renovating it. The yeah, county is okayed an $105 million renovation to the dome. Well, that's not really a lot. Uh, well, who knows what I, what but what I know. For a building that old and there's a stadium right next brand to it. new right next to it. Yeah. Huh. That's, that's rather interesting. There's but some I, rodeo stuff in there, I guess. Yeah. But we, uh, so we got to meet Hornswoggle. Like I said, he was they, they kind of created like this little like front lawn in front of the ring. Where he would come out, as you know, he used to come like, the ring. Fence. I remember yeah. seeing it. Yeah, and we just sit there, get down on one knee, and like you know, take a picture with the guy, and he was very cool. And um, you know, that was that one's like a blur because you just you, you you just saw and did everything you possibly could. And that picture made it onto WWE.com. It did, it yeah. did, and it was there was a there was a young man there with some hair on him for once. <laughs> um, that was in my long hair phase. Yeah, um, long hair don't care. 
yeah, at that time, the lettuce that I had rocking. Um, <laughs> the lettuce. Uh, now, now it's uh, now it's a, now I'm now I'm a Brussels sprout. Yeah, you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you know, you go there again. Like we all kind of split up and did our own things. Like I remember, um, you know, sitting by the ring a lot, and like I always marvel at how cool. Like, yeah, they do live matches, and everyone knows that, and that's really cool. But like. You know, they, they invite kids into the ring and fans, and they do, like, impersonation contests who can impersonate their favorite wrestler. And, of course, you know, they've got the, you know, the music behind it. You know, if you want to pre- pretend to be The Undertaker, they'll play The Undertaker's music before you get on the microphone and cut a promo yeah. or whatever. Stuff like that. There's different age groups of little mini competitions of that. Um, they used to bring wrestlers into the ring and do, like, Q&As. Yep. Um, that was really cool. They still do some of that, yeah. Yeah, and it's a little, little less, more so because they got a lot of matches that they had working. But I just remember, like, again, the blur of it all was like, I was like, we all kind of just split up, and then, you know, at some point we reconvened, and of course, you know, you guess who is coming over, coming over with $600 worth of, you know, WWE <laughs> apparel. Yeah, right. Comes home with, like, he comes, he comes back with, like, an, a, a, a straw cowboy hat, all black, with the WrestleMania, anything they could slap a logo on, they did. Daryl will be on shortly to discuss his, his mania memories. I'm yeah. sure he will, uh, he'll recount all the things. Probably better than I can at this Yeah, point. Re- recount all the things he has bought over the years at WrestleMania, but Jesus. he'll, he'll be, he'll be on this recording shortly, but continue. But, um, yeah, it was just so it was just super cool you could uh i think that one year they did have the call a match i think they did i remember i think you could call sean and rick flair from the year before i think you could call edge and the undertaker from the year before and then there was like a classic match from like a wrestlemania pass i think bill brown did that with uh either josh matthews or matt striker one of the yeah. two was doing and then that's I what always, i wished was around when i went. oh i wish they could bring that back yeah. not that i would do it but i think that's so cool oh, i would do it oh, yeah, yeah, so many people would yeah. Do that. yeah yeah that would be right up your alley yeah um i always every year i go to it but uh they have like a whole hall of fame section and usually it's you know just artifacts like that year i think they had the artifact of the uh the referee's uniform of the referee who, from the very first WrestleMania match. Some old guy. Don't oh, remember wow. the guy's name, but that guy's cool. that guy's referee jersey was in there. Um, and then you go through the little Hall of Fame exhibit, and they have almost like these little poster board style exhibits of like um, kind of like you would see like at a like a at like a comic book store <laughs> or a collector store. Yeah, of like an advertisement of that WrestleMania, and they do one through. Now it's 34, but yeah. you went through all the WrestleManias and you could see, you know, again, like almost like a promotional poster of who was, you know, and because they took the hot, they took photos of, of, from that show and they, it was like a little collage yeah. of each little rest of each little WrestleMania. Sorry. Um, so I, I always, I always make it a point to hit up the, that exhibit. Um, they always have like, at least at that time they had a little, uh, uh, a stand where you could see old championship belts. Yeah. Like fabulous moolahs championship belt with her face in it yeah because that's uh, yeah. how it was back in the yeah. day uh old school wwf wwf belts that i don't even recognize were in there that was like the beginning of it all access um because they didn't do it in orlando the year before but that was the beginning and then once that happened part three of yeah that's it i'm going to wrestlemania access every year once you know if they better be bringing this back yeah, <laughs> I was kind of happy that they. When you told me that they're bringing that back, it reminded me of like when they when they did 
the precursor to WrestleMania uh, fan access, the the Fan Fest, when they introduced that at WrestleMania 10 and WrestleMania 11. Right. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I, uh, actually, I'm sorry, um, Jamie Garabedian, who did the, uh, the WrestleMania 10 watch party with me just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about, um, we were talking about that and how he was a part of, he got to go to the, um, the fan fest for WrestleMania 11. And I always thought it'd be the coolest thing in the world to, to, to attend one of those. And I'll discuss my memories of that, um, shortly as we move on to the next chapter of our WrestleMania memories. Joining me on the phone line to share some of his very own WrestleMania weekend memories, an individual who shared many WrestleMania weekend memories with myself and the rest of us, Rosenbluths, Ken Reedy from the Ken Reedy show. What's going on, man? Not much. We're getting the band back together. That's cool. I'm psyched to be on tonight. Thank you. Yeah, welcome to Kicking Out at Two. Your very first appearance here on yeah. Kicking Out at Two. Yeah, I'm psyched, man. You know, anytime I get a chance to just talk about memories and WrestleMania weekend, and uh, you know, it's fun stuff. I mean, for the most part, fond memories. So, yeah. I'd like, you know, Justin was on earlier and we discussed our memories from WrestleMania's 23, 24, and he went to 25. I know you were at 25. Um, talk to us a little bit about the experience with being in the arena for Undertaker, Tri or Undertaker Shawn Michaels, excuse me. Um, I mean, it was, it was something else. I mean, 25 was, I mean, I was at WrestleMania 10. Um, and 10 was great, but, you know, you really don't have any concept uh, how much it grew and then continues to grow until uh, you really go for, like, a, a weekend. And that was a weekend that, um, you know, it was funny. WrestleMania 25 was coming up. Uh, my girlfriend, Michelle, uh, producer Michelle, who uh, um, had just recently become a wrestling fan, was all about, like, we have to go. It's 25. I'm like, all right, well, she's a keeper. Um, <laughs> yeah. She was the one that's like, we have to go. Um, and, and the one thing that I noticed that weekend that it, it's a shame that I, I feel like it's it, it's lost a little bit over over time um, is is how much that weekend um, we were all like one family. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not saying there wasn't like your your debates here and there. You know, wrestling fans are always going to debate, but there wasn't that venom um, that you see now. Uh, you know, fans were fans, and I, I just remember rolling up we, we went on a road trip and getting to the hotel walking into the hotel checking us in and uh coming back to the car and just telling michelle we're home and she's like what I'm like we're home <laughs> and just uh being around other wrestling fans being in the hotel bar it was just this camaraderie um that I, I don't know i just don't see as much anymore um but as far as the event itself i mean it was great being part of uh mania 25 um being being in the arena for taker and, and michaels is is still probably unlike anything i've ever been a part of uh including sporting events um it was just, uh, I, it's hard to explain exactly. I mean, when I look back on some of the things I've gotten to go to. I mean, I remember going way back when, and I was at, I'm not, maybe you can remember the year, but I was at the uh, NFC Championship game where the Giants spanked the Minnesota Vikings, um, and no one kind of expected them to win, and they 
you know, they just beat the hell out of them. And I remember the, the vibe in that stadium. Um, I, I still can't even say that that compares to what it was like to be in the arena for Taker Michaels. It was uh, two guys uh, really at the top of their game um, telling an incredible story. Uh, you know, going back, I mean, I think that the, the idea of or the usage of false finishes is kind of overused. Um, those two guys used it uh borderline to perfection um and i've never been part of a crowd where i could tell the crowd was just emotionally exhausted um when the the match ended um it was something that um and again getting back to that camaraderie piece that it just felt like um we all knew in that arena that we experienced something pretty special and um it was it was just really interesting and, and you know uh, you know people don't give it credit uh, the the match right after and correct me if I'm wrong but I believe it was the triple threat match with uh, Big Show Edge and Cena. Yep, you're correct. Um, which you know doesn't get a fair shake. It was actually a decent match. Yeah, um, I would agree. Not fair. Not fair to to follow um, Taker Michaels. Uh, the match in that that. Um, which is amazing to say, but the match that kind of dropped the ball to me was the main event wow. in Triple H. Absolutely. Really didn't do it for me. And um, coupled by the fact that it was the main event on a card that had Taker Michaels won, um, was just, it was a real shame because I had high expectations of the storytelling. Um, in fact, the storytelling to me going into Orton Triple H was probably better than Michaels and, and Taker. I mean, Michaels and Taker, the, the, the storyline was basically just, you know, as it got to the point with Taker, I just want to wrestle you at, at, at WrestleMania. I mean, that was essentially the storyline. Mm -hmm. um, the stuff with Stephanie and Orton uh, and Triple H, and the, it was personal, uh, was some really good stuff leading up to Mania. Uh, just the, the match fell flat but it was one of those things where again getting back to that idea of camaraderie um crowds afterwards as much as the main event wasn't that good um crowds really didn't harp on the negative uh coming out of the arena uh the crowds are mostly positive people were having a good time talking about the match um and like i said wrestling fans always look to debate but uh um it was it was nice and playful debate, like we were, you know debating with your family kind of thing. Nobody got harsh. Nobody, um, you know, was overly uh, negative towards other people. And and the one, you know, one of the most vivid memories I have. And uh, we're like we're 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 not uh like we can use expletives on your show. Oh yeah, you can cuss up a storm. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> just to, just to tell the story, I mean, one of my favorite moments of of that weekend was hitting the bar and in Houston, Houston was ill-prepared for WrestleMania weekend. Um, and they were lucky that wrestling fans actually, at least that weekend were, were so good natured because, uh, mass transit was really not uh, equipped to handle the amount of people coming out of the stadium and trying to get back to the hotel. And it was like the hotel bar was the only bar open in Houston. So literally like all of mania, unless you, you were from the Houston area, it was all funneling back to, to this hotel and going to the bar because nobody was going to go to sleep right after that. So um, 
the, I, could, I could just imagine what it must have been like if you were a business traveler thinking, you know what, I'm going to get an early start on the week. I'm going to fly into Houston on Sunday night and like get a good night's sleep before I start the week on Monday because you were not getting a good night's sleep <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in, in that hotel that night. But uh, the, the one vivid memory I wanted to talk about was I just remember a couple of guys um, – debating uh, about WrestleMania and then talking about Taker Michaels. And, I mean, you, you can't make this up, but there's this Scottish guy sitting there um, draped in the Scotland flag. Like, you know, it's like you just can't even make it up. And I just remember, like, someone, like, they're going back and forth and someone just saying, you know what, that's that's got to be, you know, one of the best WrestleMania matches ever. And, and the Scottish guy's like, I got to tell you, fuck that. That's the greatest match in WrestleMania history. Bar none. Wait a second. Fuck that. It's the greatest match ever. <laughs> and it was like, this, this is awesome. Like, I just had, I got such a kick out of just being around it. And then, um, you know, just drinking and then, you know, having that WrestleMania buzz afterwards. And uh, um, and then the, the funniest thing was at the end of the evening where, you know, it's we're wrestling fans and all you need is one person to bust out the Ric Flair woo and everyone else woos. And, and, and then the sound just funneled up the entire hotel and uh, the cops came and had to tell us all to stop wooing. Oh, God. Which is just awesome. So, um, yeah, pretty uh, pretty positive memories. But it just, uh, I mean, I just remember sitting down after Taker Michaels and just like almost wanting to take a nap. Like it was that sort of emotional roller coaster that uh, those two extremely talented in ring performers uh, took us on. So I, I'm, I'm very, you know, it's one of those things where. Um, the things I can say I've, I've gotten to go to or I've been a part of, I'm, I'm pretty excited that I got to go to that one. Yeah, there's one, you know, there, there's, I don't have many regrets as a wrestling fan, but that's one of them, not being able to go to that one. That year I was originally supposed to go and uh, I had to uh, put a new transmission in my car. So um, unfortunately uh, that came first. And, uh, you know, like you said, that match was definitely emotionally exhausting. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, Justin and I just recently recorded recorded a special watch along of that match that's going to drop on WrestleMania Sunday. So we're going to we sat back and we watched that match and even with the sound off and going back and watching it, it was still pretty exhausting. Um, you know, recalling uh, Justin's memories being in the stadium during the match. And then, of course, you know, my accounts of it at home with a with a living room full of people, you know, ooing and eyeing and jumping out of their seats. So uh, you, you definitely hit it on the nail. Emotionally exhausting. So, um, yeah. I mean, the, the spot when uh, Taker went over um, the top rope from where we were sitting, you know, we didn't see. It just looked like he lawn darted himself. You know, we could, where we were, from our vantage point, we couldn't see the other side of the ring. So, you know, there was that aspect of, did Taker just kill himself? Like, it's kind of, you know, is he okay? Um, and that was, you know, really interesting to watch that match over again on TV and see how, you know, Michaels kind of pushed the cameraman in the way and, and basically saved uh, Taker's ass on that spot. But, uh, you know, just, just an absolutely incredible match uh, that, um, you know, it was it was a good WrestleMania um, that just became great, really, just because of that match. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we let's move on to the following year because it was um, it was 2010 WrestleMania 26 in Phoenix, and that's where kind of like the relationship that you and Michelle have had with us Rosenblus really began. Um, give me some of your thoughts and memories um, of of how that of how that relationship came about, and just overall your thoughts on that weekend in general. That weekend, I mean, that weekend was a lot of fun. I mean, anytime you really, I mean, the one thing that struck me the year before uh, in Houston was it really wasn't as warm as I was hoping it would be. You know, uh, you go on vacation, you kind of hope you get to, you know, it's like you're going to WrestleMania, but you're hoping that you get some good weather. And it was chilly in Houston. Um, it was gorgeous in Arizona. Um, and, and taking that, doing the travel package, it was definitely the nicest resort um, that we had gone to. Uh, doing the travel package um there was like a water park as part of the resort i mean it was it was great um but it was interesting that we got there um you know we got for WrestleMania 25 we did uh michelle and i did a, a big road trip um and really enjoyed ourselves i mean you know we we took two weeks on the road we hit new orleans we we hit tennessee we went to um, Shannon Moore's uh, tattoo place got tattoos on the way home. We stopped off in Washington D.C. Um, so we kind of liked the idea of road tripping. Um, so this time we flew into to Vegas, uh, rented a car. Um, we wound up going, you know, going to Vegas. We went to Sedona before WrestleMania. Um, when we got to the hotel, uh, the guy took our bags and was telling us that apparently. Uh, in Arizona, they really have like no tolerance to any sort of drinking and driving. Like if you have any alcohol on your breath, it's it's a, a night in in, in jail. Um, and not that I, I condone any sort of drinking and driving. Um, but I'm going to go out. I'm going to have a cocktail or two. I'm not going to get hammered and drive in a strange city. But I was like, you know what? Um, if there if that's you know this little tolerance. Um, you know, we're not going to take a chance. And as the guy's relaying that, you know, we really shouldn't take a chance, take a taxi, this is all pre-Uber. Um, they're like, yeah, there's a couple guys uh, that are looking to, to share a taxi if you're up for it. Uh, they're from Connecticut. And um, I was like, yeah, sure. So uh, uh, the, the, the bellboy basically put us in touch with each other and uh, decided, you know, we would share uh, a cab. So... We wound up um, meeting them, and the, the Rosen clan seemed nice enough. And uh, you know, we talked on the phone. We met, and it's like, uh, yeah, let's let's definitely share a cab. Uh, the funniest thing about meeting your brothers was the fact that we shared a cab on the way to the the Hall of Fame, and there were a couple of guys in the cab that were just real assholes. Like the whole way, like just you know, take take the first off, take the definition of like a mark, everything negative that you would you would put in that definition, and that's what these guys were like. Coupled with the fact that they were cheap as hell, and they were like trying to figure out how they were going to stiff the the cab driver uh, from their tip. Now Michelle and I are in the cab, and we're thinking that they're all friends. Okay. So we're we're kind of at the point like. Uh, this group of guys, a bunch of assholes, uh, and turned, and it was funny because it was just kind of like let's distance ourselves from these guys until we found out that uh, 
you know, your brothers thought those guys were assholes. <laughs> it was like, oh, you're not with them. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, then we can be friends. Um, and that, and that's really what, what sparked the friendship. I mean, we, you know, we talked a little bit of wrestling, waiting online to get in. Um, we went and hit a bar, like, after Hall of Fame, and, um, you know, we hung out before Mania. And, and that, honestly, that, that WrestleMania was – one of my favorite um, pre-manias. Um, the, the area outside the bar had a lot of cool restaurants. Outside of the stadium, it had a lot of cool bars and restaurants. Um, with all of that signs, like, welcome wrestling fans, WrestleMania today, drink specials for wrestling fans. Like, it was just a really cool, like, little village of, like, bars and stuff that was just uh, super cool. So we just kind of... We found a bar that, you know, had some beer towers. We're like, all right, let's hang out here for a bit. And uh, had a couple t- cocktails before Mania. But, uh, you know, Arizona, between the, the weather and just that, that area outside, um, was just really super cool. But that was like, that was the first Mania where, and, and anyone listening to this that's going to go to Mania uh, and go, and then there'll be more stories. But um, you got to, the thing with WrestleMania weekend is you're, you schedule way too much to do. And just eat. That's all. If anyone's listening, if I can offer any advice to anybody going, make sure you eat. Make sure you find time to eat because you wind up thinking, oh, I have to go do this or I'm going to do that. Like, oh, my God, like I I have to go here. And you wind up forgetting to eat. And then it's too late. (laughs) And this was this was the first weekend where we went to see Fozzie for the first time. And Fozzie was playing in in a bar uh, in Arizona. And. We decided we're like we got to get now. First off, we we don't we hear Fozzie's playing show starts at like seven or whatever. Um, so we're like let's get there at seven. We're thinking Fozzie's playing at seven, and we get there. Um, we don't eat. This is where the moral of the story goes. We we don't eat. Um, we're hungry when we get to the bar, but we're like we'll eat when we get in. We get into the bar. They don't serve food. Oh God. So we're just like, oh, and then of course, like with, with most bars, it's like no re-entry. So it's not like we could leave, go get some to, to eat and come back. There was a cover and everything. So it's like, all right, we're stuck. They sold like bags of like pretzels and potato chips. So we're like, I must have had like at least five bags of potato chips. I'm like, I, I got to, I to eat more. And, and come to find out that we were so 100%, 1,000% wrong. There were like eight bands opening for Fozzie. Oh, Jesus. So yeah, so and, I mean, there there was like there was a Godsmack tribute band, as if Godsmack needed a tribute band. Oh my god! Uh, but there was a Godsmack tribute band. So and it was cool. Like every so often, we'd see like some of the WWE superstars like floating around. Um, there were a bunch of them like backstage, and every so often the card would move, and you could see them back there. Um, but we were just we were drinking and not eating, and Fozzie went on around midnight and when i when i tell you that's my dog i bet michelle is home (laughs) Um, (laughs) tell michelle to say hello (laughs) but that um so fozzy went on at about midnight and by the time they ended i mean we were at a point where like i was seeing double um I really just, you know, we, we just needed to get something to eat. And it turned out, like, I mean, stupid decisions were made. Um, the taxi, we got a taxi. The taxi shows up. Um, 
Michelle's like, I'll stay with the taxi. You go get us food. There's a Waffle House nearby. Like, I'm like, this is how dumb I am. Like, I leave my girlfriend in the taxi with, like, some strange dude. I'm like, yeah, no, that's good. Because she's like, I can't move. I need to sit here. Just blame it on the booze. Yeah, exactly. So, like, all right. So I go running into Waffle House. No joke. I can't even read the menu. Like, that's how that's how bad I am. Like, it's just the bright fluorescent lights hit me, and I can't read the menu. So I just I, I just remember looking at, at something that, like, looked like it had a lot of food. It was just like, get me two of those. <laughs> and there these two, like, it was, like, literally, I think, like, two of everything. It was, like, a serving of eggs. It was, like, two pancakes, two waffles, you know, bacon, like, everything, grits. Like, everything you could imagine was, was in this meal. And I, I've never been, like, more disgusted with myself, like, the morning after. <laughs> it was just, like, remnants of, of the, the half-eaten meals and just, you know, just uh, just felt gross, like, the next day. But um, guys will move along in WrestleMania. I can't tell how many times that we just we get excited about doing things and we just forget to, to eat something. Um, so, I mean, that, that was cool though. Cause when we got in, Fozzie did an appearance. We met, uh, Fozzie. So I met Chris Jericho. Uh, we did the whole access thing, which was fun. I love, I mean, the hall of fame now is, is got way too long for me. It used to be my favorite, um, night of the weekend. Um, hall of fame was great. And, uh, you know, that, that WrestleMania was, um, it was a decent mania, um, I'm trying to remember exactly. I mean, we got like Taker Michaels too. Um, Cena Batista. I, um, Cena Batista. Brett's Brett and Vince. When they put Stu Hart in the Hall of Fame, they had the whole Hart family out there. Right. right yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Jericho and Edge for the title. Yeah, they had a few. Yeah, there was a, there was a few solid matches on the card, but it didn't. You know, at least in my opinion, didn't blow me away. Yeah, it didn't. It was it was it was good. It was fun. Um, you know, and that's the thing with Mania that's you know really interesting. That you know you, you kind of you can get caught up in the weekend festivities, uh, and, and that's a lot of people and a lot of guys that want to rip on Mania. And oh, I'm not I'm not going to Mania weekend. The weekend's always fun. I mean, the event sometimes does not like blow you away. I remember you know enjoying the event. Um, one of the distinct things that I remember was a group of guys that we kind of became friends with. Um, and when when Michaels lost, I thought they were going to cry. I mean, I literally, like, I was like, oh, shit. Like, they're really devastated here. Um, but it was it was a solid, you know, it was a good time. Yeah. You know, it, was, uh, it wasn't uh, anything earth-shattering. You know, nothing will compare to Taker Michaels 1. Um, but there's still good stuff. Uh, so it was a solid card. Nothing great, but um, a fun time. Now, uh, this was the first year that you had gotten the travel package, correct? No, we got the travel package the year before, too. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Um, now, you've talked about, like, like for instance, you brought up the Hall of Fame. It used to be your favorite, um, you know, your favorite thing to go to that weekend. Talk about how... The events that, that are offered on the travel package, how the, the WrestleMania weekend experience has evolved in front of your own eyes over the years? Um, well, I mean, the, the big thing is, uh, you know, some of the things have evolved in, in, a, in I guess, a not-so-great way. Um, Access is great. Access hasn't changed much, so we usually don't go to Access now. I recommend, though, if you've never gone to Mania, it's worth hitting Access. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy the, the, the If there's anything negative about Access, that unless you get 
the VIP autograph sessions. Um, you know, I'll, I'll never forget the uh, year we went to Access and we saw Dusty there. And, and you're so much better with the years and stuff. This is the year before he passed away. I wasn't. Um, at, uh, yeah, I don't think I was at. Or wait, maybe, maybe what I was at that one. I don't know. I think you uh, might have told but, me this story, but go ahead. But he, uh, you know, he was signing autographs. Like, we got to meet Dusty. And, and, you know, like I said, Michelle is a newer fan, but we kind of exposed her to some of the old stuff and seeing some, you know, seeing Hard Times and some of Dusty's old stuff. Like, she became a fan of Dusty's. And um, we're waiting online. As we're waiting online, we're probably like, six or seven away from getting to the front of the line and they switch dusty out and they bring out Goldust and christian i was like ah. and honestly like i mean i'm not i'm not the biggest christian fan i like Goldust a lot i mean i'm definitely a Goldust fan um but nothing compares to like getting to meet dusty and uh uh yeah it was like that year like after that i don't know it was that year or the following year but he, he passed away like after that that access so um i always tell people when they go to access if you get online to meet someone just be aware of the fact that um you might not meet the person that you're waiting online for um but I, you know all that stuff i mean before especially before taker um lost i mean going through the, the graveyard um you know the, the fun stuff um I'm trying to remember i think I'm trying to remember what mania it was. I mean, they, they, they would do, like, uh, impersonation contests. Um, I won a backpack one year doing the Hulk Hogan impersonation. I remember um, that. Yeah, I remember that, that one. That's, that's a lot of fun. Um, you know, getting up close, if you, if you play your cards right, I mean, you can hang out ringside and, and watch some good wrestling matches. Uh, Cena's car collection. Um, I love the museum and the different outfits that they have. Uh you know, not that I'd ever be caught dead wearing anything that Shawn Michaels wears to the ring, but it's pretty cool, like, seeing it and seeing uh, uh, how intricate the costume design is. And um, you know, I was getting a sense, like, we see, like, a, you know, a costume that Taker wore and just, you know, really conceptualize, like, how large a human being he is. Um, the statues are cool to see, The you know, the warrior statue, the... Uh, Andre, Bruno, you know, all this stuff is really cool to see. The only thing about Access is that it, you know, it, it really didn't evolve much. Um, so if you've gone to Access uh, before, especially if you've gone repeatedly, um, you know, for us, it just got to a point where, like, it wasn't worth going anymore. Um, as far as the Hall of Fame, I, I, still w I, I still would love to sit here and say it's my favorite uh, night of the weekend, but it just—it's gotten too long. It's—it's uh, it's just not enjoyable. Yeah. Um, you know, and I—you know—I'm all for. We, we talked about it on our show. I, I think that it was—you uh, know—kind of—you know—maybe maybe induct one person a year, and then like you said, you said it's like make it a lifetime achievement award kind of thing. Um, I think the Hall of Fame is is got to change and, and change. Uh, not the not the direction it's going because I I have so much respect for anybody who I, just, I have a lot of respect for anybody who sets foot in a in a wrestling ring. I have a tremendous amount of respect for anyone who can do it, do it for a chunk of time, and do it at, at such a high level. Um, you're going to make me sit in, a, in an arena for five hours listening to speeches. Um, that's a bit much to ask of anybody. And, you know, it used to be a, a nice, succinct, you know, two, two and a half hour ceremony that was 
perfect. And then for me, um, just enjoying seeing that history, um, you know, being there when Million Dollar Man like dropped money from the, the ceiling when he was inducted. I mean, stuff like that is just really cool to get to be a part of. And you, you know, you I, to me, like in years past, you just really felt that sense of history and that, that embracing of history and uh, the past few years it's just been like why are you making it so long and, and the one thing that I was taken back by is uh, I think it was last it was last year's where when you looked out around the VIP section and I don't remember if, if they showed this on TV but half the WWE roster left oh yeah that was um that was during Goldberg's speech, and they didn't show it. They had, like, a really tight shot of him, like, uh, you know, on the hard camera. Um, and as I was watching it, I had gotten a notification from some app that I uh, subscribed to. It's like a wrestling dirt sheet kind of app. And someone posted a picture um, from, from the cheap seats of the floor uh, at the Hall of Fame. And there was, like, nobody practically out there for his speech to the point where Goldberg even went to Vince afterwards and was like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is so disrespectful. Like you let your guys just come and go whenever they want. This hall of fame is a joke. Um, you know, and, and I remember looking at it and I was like, you know, I don't blame some of the guys that up there that are delivering these speeches that are being honored and they're just letting people leave and go do whatever they want to do and, and, and not stick around for the ceremony. Now, from what I'm hearing this year, that's not the case. Like you're there till the very end. Um, and I know that in years past, because it was, because the hall of fame was on a Saturday, um, they used to they used to let guys duck out early so that they can go to the stadium to do dress rehearsals for the show on Sunday because it's a long day. And uh, this year they brought they, they they moved it to Fridays the last two years, but they put it back on Saturday to compete with the Ring of Honor New Japan show at the Garden, which I'm sure you and I are going to discuss shortly. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where like I watching it at home like. No disrespect to Hillbilly Jim. Like, I grew up watching him as a kid, but even my wife and I were watching it. She was like, do you got to go through this whole story of how you were born and you grew up in this state and you did this, that, and the other? And, like, get to the wrestling part. Like, we didn't come to, to hear you, you know, talk about what you did when you grew up, you know? Like, we came to hear you talk about what you did in wrestling and how much you loved it and what you accomplished and this, that, and the other. I feel like sometimes they just because they want to honor all those guys that they let them just go out there and have free reign when at the same time they don't realize or maybe they do realize this and they just don't give a shit that it's a television show at the end of the day and you got time restraints and they just let these guys go on all these long tangents and it takes away from other people's speeches yeah and that's just i mean the thing is that's why like you know to me you know, you don't want to take away from anybody's moment, and I, and I kind of get that. And there's there's that part of me that's like, well, if, if you know, Hillbilly Jim is a Hall of Famer and Hillbilly Jim uh, earned this spot, then Hillbilly Jim can talk about whatever he wants to talk about. Um, but there's also, like you're saying, there's the part of me that's like, it's a show, and it's a TV show, and, you know, it, there's there should be some entertainment value. And that's why, I mean, to me, it's either either one of two things either wwe has to tell everybody that you know we're limiting your your time up there and get your speeches get them down um you know have a rehearsal where you're rehearsing speeches and tell them i mean look they're all wrestlers 
Okay, so in, in, when it comes to wrestling and, and wrestling on a show and wrestling live, and this is coming from experience, like sticking to your times is is important. Yeah. And 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 guys on a wrestling show get really pissed when you know a match was slated for you know eight minutes and it winds up going twelve. Um, you know, keeping to your times is a big deal. So if you gotta tell guys, hey, look. Keep your time, or we're going to start playing music and drag your ass off stage. Um, like they did with Mr. And, T? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and you either do that, or you do, like I was just saying, you have, like, one or two inductees, and, you know, you, you let them talk for as long as they want, and just, you know, keep the inductees down. I mean, I personally, with the WWE, I don't understand why... They they continue. I mean, we're we're living in an era where everyone's attention span is is shrinking almost on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and the more people they add in a Hall of Fame class, the less people you have moving forward. So I, I don't understand why they feel the need to. You know, I think it's great the Hart Foundation is going in, but you're putting in Harlem Heat already. You're putting in a tag team. Is it necessary? Is it necessary to have them both in? Like you. you you screwed yourself for next year. You could have had them, you know, next year. I just don't, I don't know. Sometimes I just don't get, like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me logistically. Uh, granted, I'm not running a multi-billion dollar company, so it makes sense to them in some way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just a shame because I really used to enjoy uh, going to the Hall of Fame. And it just, uh, past couple of years, it's just gotten borderline unbearable. And, and this year we're not going. We're going to uh, the Garden. Yeah, I'll, I'll get in, I'll get into that with you shortly because um, I, I definitely want to you know get your thoughts on that show and uh, you know w you know your your feelings on you know attending that event. Um, but before we do that, um, regarding the Hall of Fame, you know, just to kind of put a bow on the end of this, um, I've always felt like that with certain inductees, like you said, one or two guys, for instance, like, like here's a perfect example. All right. And I'm, and I don't normally give myself credit for things like this, but I'm going to go out right out and say it. Like I, I came up with this idea and I think this would have been genius. The year they put Ric Flair in by himself in 2008, I was at that WrestleMania. didn't go to that hall of fame. I felt like they could have put Ric Flair in by himself with no other inductees and treated that Hall of Fame like the, the Dean Martin Friars roast, like of the 70s, which I'm sure you're familiar with. with uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And had like all the all his adversaries, the guys that he was associated with closely on television, members of the Horsemen, guys from the current roster, all come up and speak and treat it like one of those celebrity roasts. And then you have him come up and do his big speech. Like, I'm telling you right now, the, the Hall of Fame sold out just because he was going in it. They didn't need anyone else but they would have for sure sold out if they just said we're only inducting rick flair like when they induct undertaker and we don't even know when that's going to be he should go in by himself he shouldn't have a class with him and you get guys that come up and and deliver speeches and maybe they can introduce video packages of certain uh particular moments that they had experienced with undertaker or even go out in the crowd and interview some of the hall of famers that are sitting in the crowd and give their thoughts on undertaker i feel like the hall of fame needs to needs to evolve in many ways because it's just become the same thing over and over again with you know the nine ten inductees you got the warrior award which i think is good you got the celebrity inductee and then you put in like you said you get a tag team a mid carter a female a main eventer and, and it, it just gets way too crowded to the point where like some of the speeches and the inductions don't even matter like honestly like last year's event 
I think I enjoyed the Dudley speech and the Jeff Jarrett speech, and that was it. And like everything, and some of Mark Henry's, everything else, I was like bored to tears. It was just, it was just too long. Like I had to fast forward through some of it because it was just brutal to sit there and and listen. You could like hear a pin drop in that arena. It was so quiet because some of those speeches just didn't do it for me. Yeah, and, that, and that's a shame though because you know it's like you don't want to be disrespectful, but like they're time like you know look, I, I think the Warrior Award is great, and it's nice they do that. Look, I, I mean. Dana Warrior is not like the world's greatest public speaker, and she essentially says the same thing every single year. And I hate to say it, but like when they introduced the Warrior Award, that for us was like, I, I need a break. Yeah. Like, and, and we left for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, that was something where I was like, you know what, if I have to watch the Warrior Award on, on TV after, you know, we get home, then, then I'm going to do that. And, you know, I hate thinking that because I think everyone deserves their, their moment, but, you know, if you're, you know, you're making, I mean, now, you know, maybe is going to be eight, nine hours long oh, and the Hall of Fame is, is five hours long. Yeah. It's like, you know, how, how long do you expect people to, to actually sit there? I agree with you. I think uh, the Hall of Fame needs a, a radical change. And uh, I kind of like the idea of, um, you know, I think it would elongate, like, like I said, the amount of guys that you have that would, you know, go in if you just kind of inducted. You know, if you did like one guy and like the Warrior Award um, every year, yeah, um, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of be fine with that. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, we've we've had discussions with, you know, what you like to label millennial wrestling fans. They'll they'll bitch and complain. Oh, they're putting Undertaker in. But why didn't they put in so and so this year? Well, it's only one person, stupid. You know what I mean? Like we'll get right. we'll get, you know, conversations like that. Um so we, so we went from, you know, 2010, 26 in Arizona, how you met my brothers, and eventually you and I linked up. You came over for a barbecue for a SummerSlam that year, and we just yeah. began talking and, and uh, you know, getting acclimated more. And then uh, eventually we, uh, we, we got together for our first WrestleMania, which, which I, I'd like to label Shit Show Mania because that, oh God. <laughs> because that weekend in Atlanta was a shit show. And, then, and the, the, the saving grace of that weekend was the fact that every single event that we went went to was all on the same street so if we got so fucked up we didn't have to walk very far because there was the arena there was the dome there was this place there was that place everything was all close together um do you do you yeah, want to I mean, do, do you want to do the honors or would you, or would you sure, i mean again like eat yes yeah. go to media week and eat because that's that was part of the problem we were drinking but um we weren't eating and you know that was one of those like uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen at Mania Weekend, and, and honestly, I mean, I'll, I'll touch briefly. It's as, as far as I mean, I've been lucky. I've gone to a bunch of WrestleManias. As far as the event, that was my least favorite. Um, but it was interesting because it's one of my most favorite weekends as a whole. Um, a lot of my stories that I tell people came out of that weekend. Um, but at the same time, um, the event itself, uh, I think it was one of the worst main events, uh, Cena, Miz. Agreed. Um, you know, but that was, uh, it interned for Busted Open. Um, they had someone in Atlanta that was supposed to be, like, that was back when Busted Open wasn't uh, going to Mania. And uh, they contacted me to kind of be their, their man on the street oh, for that's WrestleMania. Right. I, re I remember that, yeah. 
events. So I was doing, I had, to, and I couldn't hear from the arena. So when the event started, I had to run to the bathroom and did a, a spot on Busted Open. Um, they were doing their their pre uh, WrestleMania show um, in New York. So I mean, that was a lot of fun. But you know, the, the hijinks really started. I mean, look, we were all having fun. Uh, you know, it's WrestleMania weekend, so we were all drinking. Uh, I guess drinking like responsible adults for like a certain part of the weekend. Um, but uh, we went, you guys didn't if I'm remembering correctly. You guys did you guys go to the Nash party? No, you you went. Yeah, um, we went to the Nash party, and that's back when like you know I was disappointed years later when the last time they were in New York, the Nash party just became very like a corporate, just an autograph signing yeah. uh, session. That 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 one, I, that first one I went to in Atlanta, it was it was legit like a party. I mean, you got autographs, and that was part of the admission. But everyone was kind of hanging out. We're in a bar. Uh, Nash did this awesome toast to Atlanta. Uh, I remember hanging out and talking with with X Pac, and uh, X Pac uh, was saying, I mean, he he was not in the best shape. Just just saying how much he he regrets a lot of the stuff that went on in his life, and he's like, I should be wrestling tomorrow. I should be I should be in this event, and you know, I screwed it all up. You know, he was really, you know, in a bad way like that night. And then, but then like later on, he was smiling, yucking it up with everyone. But um, you know, and then it was, you know, Ric Flair is at the bar. And, you know, I think it was, was it Justin found Flair? Or you guys, I, I, I remember getting the, the phone call that, you know, Flair's at the bar. And that was a big story because Flair was in TNA at the time. But Flair was came out because he wasn't going to miss uh, Shawn Michaels going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to think because... Because if I remember correctly, I think I don't know who, which one of us it was, but one of us, um, one of us had heard through the dirt sheets that the Twitter account of the Hyatt Regency Hotel where WWE was staying um, let it be known that WWE was there, and we were staying. I think it was at a Marriott, and they had like a skywalk in between both hotels, and right, they, yeah, yeah, and they. And we said, oh, let's go check it out. See if we could just walk in. We didn't think we had a snowball's chance in hell of walking in there. And we walked in and we sat right down and no one said a word to us. And I think, I forget what you and Michelle did, but I think my brothers and I and Bill Brown, we went to Access that night. Um, and then we came back and uh, I believe it was Justin. I think he reached out to you and I think you texted me and you said, Flair is in the hotel bar. You need to get down here now. And my, that was the other thing too. If it, here's another good piece of advice. Okay. And this was back in 2011. So, um, number one eat make sure you eat but number two make sure you have a phone charger on hand <laughs> because my my phone my phone had nine lives like a cat that weekend because it practically died like all the time <laughs> because i was I, I was using it so much and i didn't plug it in enough but that was when i like literally went up to my room and was like all right i'm gonna go charge the phone and then you sent me a text as i go to put it in the charger it was like flares in the hotel bar you need to get down here now and i got down there and managed to get in and then that was at the point where like every wrestling fan in atlanta swarmed that bar in their hotel and we wouldn't leave because they told us you have to have an open tab to stay in the bar 
and that's when like and that's basically we we parked our ass there the whole weekend and right. uh, and, and the bar wasn't serving food so once we got in it was like all right we're, we're not leaving and, and the thing is as a, as a wrestling fan i mean like everyone just you know you kept looking at the entrance of the bar and someone else was walking in you know holy cow there's mark henry hey look stone cold's here hey ddp is here you know it's like it was amazing. It was just, uh, you know, hey, that kid just bumped into me. Oh, shit. No, it's Rey Mysterio. You know, it was just <laughs> yeah. kind of like it was just uh, like amazing. And it's like, all right, like we, we might walk out. Like I remember being like nervous because the where the bar was in this hotel, like you, you kind of had to walk out of the bar area to use the bathroom. And I remember being nervous to go to the bathroom because I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. They're not going to let, let us back in. Um but yeah, that, you're right. Like that was once we we got wind of that, and there's that moment where Flair kind of waved us over, and we had a, a short but whatever. It's Ric Flair. We had a brief conversation with Ric Flair, um, and it was just that sort of night. It was like you kind of had to pinch yourself. We're like, oh, look at this. I'm like, I'm hanging out talking with Ricky Steamboat. Like, is this really happening? Yeah. Like, I'm complaining about the bartender's service with. Uh, Paul Bearer. Yes. You know, we're literally sitting here pissing and moaning about, about the bartender. Um, you know, it was just kind of like surreal, you know, that literally like you just wound up talking to these these idols, you know, and it's like, geez, you know, I can't leave. Um, my favorite story coming, I mean, there are a few stories uh, coming out of that weekend. And honestly, like, I don't know if it's even worth, like, talking about the event because I just stayed. I it's not. It, was not it's a not. big fan of that event. <laughs> it's not. Um, you don't have to worry about you know, that. But I just remember, like, two stories that, that stick out with that weekend. And, you know, again, you, every so often you never know. You go away to WrestleMania weekend, you might wind up meeting, um, you know, a bunch of superstars. But I, I just remember going to the bar, uh, that night at least and mark henry standing next to me order, ordering a drink and um some fan like walked up behind him and slapped him on the back was like hey mark henry what's up and mark henry whipped around was like don't you ever put your hands on me and i was like oh shit like mark henry's gonna kill this guy and i'm gonna be your witness <laughs> like i, I just I, and 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 you know, you can't even, like, put into words how big Mark Henry is until, like, you're standing next to him. Right? And he's just, you know, you're not a small guy. I'm not a small guy. And it's just, I, I mean, he could break me in half the, the minute he decides he wants to break me in half. Um, so he yells at this guy. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, this is not good. But then the guy kind of backed up. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just want to say hi. It's like, Mark Henry's like, just don't you hit me like that. And as Mark Henry turned back to the bar, he bumped into me. And I just remember thinking, now I'm going to die. <laughs> um, again, not, not knowing, like, what kind of person he is. Like, I'm, at this point, I'm thinking Mark Henry's a, a mean, nasty man. And he's going he's gonna to beat me up because I just bumped into him. Um, and then he just looked at me very politely and was like, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't see you standing there. I'm, I'm really sorry. Like, that's quite okay. <laughs> and so as it turned out, like, Mark Henry was a, a super nice uh, polite guy um which is cool so th th there's that story that sticks out of me but the one that like really grabs me was uh you know being there the, after wrestlemania and hanging out with uh matt hardy and uh rebby it was rebby sky at the time now rebby hardy and um number one don't ever believe 
but don't always believe what you read on the dirt sheets because all that uh, stuff about Matt Hardy getting in some sort of confrontation with uh, the Tough Enough cast and the police were called and yada, yada, yada. Um, we didn't see any of that. We did see Matt and Rebby kind of retire to uh, one of the restrooms for a bit. <laughs> don't know what... <laughs> Don't know, don't know what exactly was going on there, but apparently someone complained about it, and that's when hotel security showed up. Um, and again, that was one of those nights where, you know, I mean, look, you try not to be a mark, but look, we're all marks on some levels. And uh, that night, uh, you know, because I had met Rebby on, on Busted Open, um, Rebby and Matt were just hanging out with us. I mean, literally, like, it wasn't even like, um, marking out or we're at an appearance or whatever the case is. We were, we were, we were one group of friends. It was myself, Michelle, the Rosen clan, Matt and Rebby. We were all like just hanging out together and it was cool. And it was like, you know, should we get another drink? Absolutely. Because Matt Hardy's not leaving. So we should keep drinking because I'm not going to leave until Matt Hardy leaves because I'm, I'm kind of marking out that we're just hanging out here. And when hotel security came by, um, it was, it was literally like a friend in our group was, was in trouble. And we all kind of mobilized to kind of help out, which I don't know what the hell we thought we were going to do. Um, but we kind of, as hotel security was taking Rebby and Matt away, we kind of followed. And I just remember Matt really playing it cool and really doing a good job, like talking with security and trying to defuse the situation for the life of me. I don't remember. I remember Rebby getting a little hot headed, a little, I'm trying to be as PC as possible. Yeah, no, I got to. But I, I just remember, though, she's getting hot-headed, and I, I don't remember what security said exactly, but they, like, Matt was being really cool the whole time, and then he said something that kind of got under Matt's skin, and Matt took a step towards the security guard. And I remember, and like, I'm just, what was I thinking? I remember stepping between the two of them. I stepped between the two of them. I put my hand on Matt Hardy and said, don't do anything you'll regret. And, and I look back on that, like, what the hell was I thinking? Uh, so, I mean, I'm attempting there to kind of break up a fight between Matt and security. Um, eventually Matt and Rebby got, led away and, and that was the end of our evening but um it, it was just wild and that was another i remember uh, our friend bill brown decided to try and i guess uh, make sure we had enough sustenance in grabbing a bunch of candy bars at the vending machine because uh again we hadn't eaten all night so we were out drinking and that was like the sustenance for the evening um so not good on the digestive tract, um, but, um, you know, it's just kind of one of those weird things. And that's why, like, I think fans don't get it sometimes. Like, sometimes you go to Mania and the event could be horrible, um, but you wind up having a blast because you just you just never know what's going to happen to Mania weekend. Yeah, I, I the only, um, you know, like you said, that event was very uneventful. Um, I enjoyed the Hall of Fame. It was my first one. And, uh, you know, seeing Shawn Michaels, one of my favorites, go in was was obviously a thrill um on the matt hardy front um i don't know what the security guard may have said to him but i just remember 
I didn't know where they went to go, where they went to, uh, when it, when you told the story about the bathroom, I went at the time I was a smoker. I went outside to go have a cigarette. I come back in the lobby and I see hotel security, you in between Matt Hardy and, <laughs> and, 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 and Rebby, you know, kind of, uh, I wouldn't say handcuffed, but they, they kind of we're trying to escort her, lead her, and a lot of, you know, expletives and F-bombs and this, that, and the other. And at one point, I remember, I don't know if this was the point where the security guard kind of egged him on, but Matt Hardy said something to the effect of, what, you want me to sign some pictures for your kids? I got a whole bunch of pictures. I'll sign anything you want for your kids. What the fuck, man? Like, just let her go. Like, we'll leave. We'll get out of here. Like, one of those things. Um, and it almost... And, you know, I, I know he's in a better place now, but um, it almost looked very sad. Like it was, you know, like a, a desperation kind of move, like he was going to use his celebrity at that time to try and get out of the situation. But, you know, lo and behold, you know, things worked out for them. And, uh, you know, we we um, we went on our merry way. Um, and, I, and, you know, you, you guys, you and Michelle, you drove off and went, you know, I think you continued your road trip. I want to yep. say, and then uh, we went to WrestleMania, or I'm sorry, we went to Monday Night Raw the next night where they announced Rock versus Cena for WrestleMania the next year, which brings us to Miami, which in my opinion, it's probably my favorite weekend of them all. The weather being down there in South Florida, the the scene with, with you know, Rock returning to a big WrestleMania match against the, 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 the top guy at the time, John Cena. Um... Went to the, my first Kevin Nash party. We hung out at that. Uh, met Diamond Dallas Page in that little bar. Um, talk to me a little bit about, and oh, of course, this was the first year that, you know, the Ken Reedy show kind of went full time. I joined with you, and then we had the infamous bus ride to WrestleMania. Talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on your weekend in Miami. Yeah, I mean, Miami was a blast. I mean, Miami was was, uh, you know, like you said, the weather, um, everything. And that's it. Like, you go to Mania, and Mania is a, always a great time, but you kind of hope. Like, for us, like, that's kind of, we don't have kids. Um, you know, it's like, oh, what city are we going to visit this year? WrestleMania's in Miami. That's the city we're visiting this year. And, um, you know, just the, the weather, uh, everything. The, the bus ride was just awesome. Uh, that was just one of those... Um, you know, I didn't know what would happen. We kind of got down there, like looking for, uh, you know, how we can, can we publicize the show. And uh, your brother Justin just kind of took the bull by the horn and had like the whole bus chanting stuff. And uh, you guys started doing impersonations. It just was kind of, um, you know, it's one of those cool things where there there are people out there um, that. I would bet there's at least a few people out there that when they think of their favorite WrestleMania weekend, uh, favorite WrestleMania memory, it's it's that bus ride. Like, it was just, it was that much fun, and then people were, uh, I mean, giggling, uh, just having a blast, you know, and it just was kind of a, it was really, we took a picture afterwards of everyone who was on the bus, um, and, and that was just uh, a lot of fun, and that was the... That was the weekend we interviewed uh, Hurricane, correct? Yes, yes, that is. So that. We, we had him uh, in the hotel room, which was awesome, a little starstruck. Uh, but that that was really cool, just getting him on the show. A good guy gave us some some dirt, which was was neat. And um, then there was the infamous uh, hanging out at the pool, and we almost saw a fight between a senior citizen and a guy with one leg. Yes, yes, that's. <laughs> 
and, and I swear, like, I just wish we had smartphones back then because not only would we have gotten a video of that. It would have gone viral. Oh, that shit would have gone viral. Yeah. The fact that, like, no joke, man, that we had two guys that got into it with each other because someone hit someone else with a, with a football as they're playing with the football in the pool, and this old man and this guy who only had one leg, had an artificial leg, um, start getting into it verbally, and the old man challenged the one-legged guy to the fight, to a fight, and then the, the one, one of the one-legged guy's friends is like, oh, what are you going to do, man? You're going to fight a guy with one leg? And the guy looks at him and says, I'm old, he's got one leg, we're even. <laughs> like, this is gold. <laughs> the, be- the best part of that was was that we didn't know the guy had one leg because he was sitting in the pool. He was sitting on the edge of the pool with his feet in the pool. So when he popped up, like out of the pool, ready to fight the senior citizen. It was like the it was like the the brass knuckles reveal out of the tights, like back in the day in wrestling. You know what I mean? We were like, oh shit, he's got one leg. Like this is gonna be good. And then I remember at one point, I think I did my best Vince McMahon WrestleMania, and like everyone kind of laughed. But yeah, that was that was definitely um uh that's that's a re- that's like when I think of WrestleMania weekend, that's like one of the first thoughts and memories in my head was the 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 pre show that took place at the hotel pool uh for 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 that wrestlemania oh yeah i mean that that was just i mean that was just pure gold and uh yeah it was just again it was one of those weekends that was just uh the other weekend that was that was a blast uh i and honestly like going into i i dug the build for cena rock um and we were like kind of we were pro team cena i mean we're not cena haters um all the stuff that cena was saying about Rock being part-time and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I thought Cena did some of his best work uh, leading up to that mania. Um, I thought his promo work and everything, um, especially for a guy who, and, and no disrespect, but a guy who was part-time, you know, Cena was tasked with uh, making that build work uh, by himself. And, um, you know, I think he did a solid job. Uh the thing was, like rooting for Cena in that that um, that stadium was, uh, we were definitely in the minority. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, one of the things I do remember from that that match is, uh, yeah, I remember feeling like uh, Rock looked gassed pretty quickly. Um, I remember, you know, but I remember being uh, a decent match and, and enjoying it. Um, not, nothing earth shattering, but the crowd was hot for it. Um, I thought it, all the, the storytelling and everything leading up to the match were, it was well done and it just, it, it worked well. The, the funniest thing with that, again, these WrestleMania stories is I'll just never forget this skinny little shit sitting in front of me and he was rooting for rock and we we're rooting for Cena and, um, he kept turning around looking at us, so obviously he was not happy that we were cheering for Cena. And at one point, The Rock hit, like, some sort of reversal. And this this kid turned around and gave me the double middle finger. <laughs> and, I, I mean, I wish, again, like, I wish I had a smartphone back then. I, I, I gave one of my best promos that I've ever given, like, 
he he turned around and I, I guess it was just kind of an emotional reaction because he just whipped around, gave me the double middle finger, and turned back around. And and I just went like, "Oh, motherfucker, you better turn around. You better turn around and sit your ass down. I will break you in half, motherfucker. You sit your ass down." And I just I just kept going on. And it's just like the expletives just kept coming out, and I just kept going. And this this poor kid was just like, I kept watching his shoulders sink lower and lower into the seat. And I'm like, this kid has no idea. And the funniest thing is, like, he gave me the double middle finger. He had no idea that I was with you guys, who are all bigger than I am. Like, if we were, I mean, if we were jerks, like, this kid would have been killed. Like, yeah. Let that be a lesson to you. Don't give a double middle finger, you know, when you can't back it up. So, um, that poor kid, like, didn't get out of his seat the rest of the match. Um, that was fun. I mean, it's always, you know, it, it's really tough to go to Florida and, and not have a good time unless somehow you get there when it's uh, thundering the whole time. But um, that was a blast. That was a really cool weekend. Yeah, that whole weekend, I mean, that was like the birth of the Yes movement. We, I mean, I remember us being very annoyed um, with, uh, you know, having to hear that. And then eventually, you know, a couple of years later, we would we would be enamored by it um, when we went to New Orleans and, and watched Daniel Bryan win the championship. Um, you know, the, the, the stuff with Hurricane was a lot of fun. He kind of lit into Shawn Michaels a little bit. Um, I, have you ever heard the story how Justin almost ran over Ivan Koloff in the parking lot when he went to go pick up Hurricane? Uh, you know what's funny? I don't I don't know specifics. I just remember that it was Michelle's car, and yep. we just we didn't want to know. We, <laughs> you know, it's like the car's back in one piece. Like, so I know Justin was was ranting about some shit that happened in the car, but we were like, I just don't want to know. Is is the car is the car safe and fine and everything's cool and just. Uh, can you just please like leave it alone. We don't want to yeah. hear it. So, <laughs> yeah. All I know is that um, you know, when 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 they got to the hotel, I remember Hurricane. You know, Shane said to me, "He goes, your brother can't fucking drive." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "What happened?" He goes, "He almost ran over Ivan Koloff and killed him." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "What's what are we talking about?" Ivan Koloff. He goes, "Ivan Koloff staying at the hotel where I'm at." And then you know, the, I said, "Is the car all right?" And he says, "Yeah." He goes, "It was fine." He goes, "It was a little love tap, but don't worry about it." And I was like, "Well, it's not my car." I'm just <laughs> but um, yeah, that was probably like my most favorite weekend of all because, like I said, the weather, all the stars were aligned. Um, my not so favorite weekend was probably the year after in you know at MetLife where they're going to be this year, and uh, you know the the cold. I just remember you know being bundled up watching WrestleMania, akin to going to a football game in the middle of winter. But um, you know my last road at Wrestle, my last road to a WrestleMania was New Orleans, and you know if 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 those of you out there listening are um, you know former listeners of the Ken Reedy show, you know that Ken and I are devoted. Hulkamaniacs, and that was the uh, that was the year that Hulk Hogan returned and hosted WrestleMania, um, which there's I believe there's a video on your social media, Ken, of you singing "Real American" when Hogan yeah. came out. Um, that that moment with Austin and Rock, I've said it, and I'll and I'll say it till the day I die. That was probably the coolest moment I was ever a part of in person, seeing those three guys in that ring. Um, New Orleans, WrestleMania, Hulk Hogan returns. Show me what you got. Tell me. I mean, that was just a dream come true. I mean, there's things like as you get get older, and, and I 
you know, it's funny, like, doing the show and kind of critiquing stuff. And then, like, you know, it's easy to get older and get bitter about things. And I, I do try to make a cognizant effort to kind of check things at the door and, and get in touch with uh, being a fan again. I think it's important for, you know, all human beings to kind of get in touch with your childhood and the things that, like you know, kind of brought you pure joy, like, when you are when you were younger, because it, it's so rare, and, um, you know, sk- skipping ahead, then back, I mean, that's like a, you know, a couple years ago, when uh, WrestleMania was in Orlando, and we went, and we hit Disney, and I became a kid again, you know, stormtroopers marching through Universal, and, uh, yeah, I was, our five-year-old Kenny was, was there, like, just... In all his glory, and um, you know, at thirty, when Hulk Hogan, when that real American hit, um, you know, you get to a point. I mean, you know, wrestling never say never again. Um, but or no, it's a Bond movie. Never say never. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you just never know. And then stars are getting older, and, and you, you don't know. And you know, I kind of resign the fact I never really thought I'd see. Uh, Hogan at WrestleMania. Um, I, in fact, uh, for me, like I, I hadn't seen him live much at all. I saw him once in Nassau Coliseum with the NWO when he was in WCW, um, and that was it. Uh, like I said, I went to WrestleMania 10, and he wasn't at 10. So uh, you know, I kind of resigned myself, and uh, yeah, when that music hit, um, yeah. Childhood Kenny was was very happy, uh, and I was jumping up and down. Um, I pride myself in knowing all the words to Real American, and I was I was singing along, and it was just it was a really it was really a cool moment just to see those three in the ring together. Um, it was cool to see uh, you know Hogan and Austin kind of have a stare down, but then a, a mutual respect for each other. It just was. Uh, you know, you had three guys who know how to uh, create a moment, read a crowd, and, and let the moment breathe. Um, outside of getting the arena wrong, <laughs> uh, you know, Hogan was just, uh, it was just, a, it was a really special moment. I mean, it's just, um, you know, and that's Hogan. I mean, Hogan knows, like I said, Hogan Rock. Uh, Boston just know how to create a special moment. Uh, to me, one of the greatest moments of all time ever in pro wrestling was Hogan Rock before WrestleMania 18, uh, when the the two of them shut the hell up and and let the crowd get louder and louder and louder, um, as you know they just knew how to how to work that crowd and. It just was a really cool moment seeing the three of them. Um, for me, uh, Austin and Rock were cool, but totally marked out for Hulk Hogan being there. It's just, you're right, probably uh, one of, if not my favorite Mania moments. Yeah, I mean, overall, that was a, that was a pretty fun Mania, like the last one that I had attended. Um, the following year, I guess that, that, that you know, reliving or, or going back to your childhood kind of vibe that you just spoke of, you you, you kind of transfer at least from conversations I've had with you previously. You kind of transferred that over to the following year in Santa Clara, the home of the San Francisco 49ers, which is your favorite football team. Talk to me a little bit about your experience with with that WrestleMania show, and then of course being in that stadium of your favorite football team. 
Well, that, that was, I mean, that's probably, I mean, I, I loved, you know, 25. We had the big road trip. We did another road trip for 26. Um, you know, all fond memories. Um, San Francisco was awesome. And then we, we took some time out there. Um, so uh, we, we found a, we found a hotel right outside of San Francisco that we stayed um for about a week before mania we did wine country um but we found this hotel that did like complimentary s'mores every night they had like a fire pit outside and um it was just a all around like it was a really good trip uh you know we biked the golden gate bridge um family members uh, because um, they knew we were going, uh, had gotten us gift certificates for different restaurants and bars in the San Francisco area. So, uh, outside of mania, it was, it was a great trip. Um, and then just for me being a lifelong 49er fan, um, you know, with a tear in my eye as, as we were pulling up to the stadium was just wow. And, um, uh, not knowing that this was going to happen, but there was a, there's a hotel like right off the parking lot of, of the stadium. And thank God we took mass transit. Parking was 60 bucks Ooh. at the, at the state. Yeah. When we saw that sign, it was like, Oh my God, 60 bucks. Wow. Um, I mean, I ran into a while ago. I remember way, back in the day going to giants games and tickets for giants games were like $75. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Prices at sporting events are just like way out of hand. Yeah. Um, but there's a hotel right off the, the parking lot that does a, a tailgate. So it's a, you know, just a flat fee. And then, you know, all the drinks and the food, actually all the food was included, but the drinks and everything were included. And we just kind of hung out there. It's like, okay, this is what we're doing before the uh, event. So getting in, getting into the stadium, seeing uh, all the 49er images and history was just, you know, goosebumps. And um, Mania was awesome. Mania was just, uh, I mean, it was hot as hell, um, but it was a blast. Uh, I, I do remember um, distinctly when you talk about uh, marking out and, and being a kid, um, when the NWL music hit, oh, I, yes. I, I, jumped, I jumped out of my seat into the aisle. And just started jumping up and down, screaming. I didn't, and, and it's fine. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe I should have at least thought it could happen. But the NWO showing up was not even remotely close to my conscious brain. Oh God! Um, so when that when that music hit, and I love I love that music. I mean that that theme is just you know new 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 world order. I mean it's. It's all, it's so obnoxious, but so cool. It's uh, so I just totally marked out for that. Um, you know, uh, Orton versus Rollins was incredible. Um, it was just a really good WrestleMania. And, um, I just, the one thing that strikes me about that, that mania is I, I wish that, you know, I mean, now there's so much goodwill surrounding Roman Reigns, but to Roman Reigns' credit, like, he was getting his ass kicked by Lesnar. And I love the story they were telling in that match where, you know, Lesnar is, was like kicking his ass, but Reigns was like, I'll, I'll take whatever you, like, I might not beat you, but I'll take, I'll take your best. Yeah. And, and every time he kicked out, like, like Reigns looked like he was going to die. I mean, it literally looked like, like, you know, Brock Lesnar is killing him 
and he's got a smile on his face and he's like, come on, give me more. It was, it was almost akin to like Rocky four. It was, it was, you know, there's no way that Rocky could beat Drago, but somehow Rocky's still standing. And that was exactly the story they were telling that there's no way that Reigns could beat this guy, but he's still in the match. And again, not thinking when, when Rollins music hit, it was just insane. Yeah. I'll never, I'll never, insane. I'll never forget. Like, like you jumped out of your seat in the aisle for the NWO. You know, I was at home watching this. Another regret. Wish I was at this one. This was like a mania where I was like, God damn, I should have been at that one. And you know, East Coast time. It was, I believe, it was like nine o'clock. And um, I remember I took a sick day at work. I was like, I'm not going to work after WrestleMania. Fuck that. And my wife, you know, had to had to work in the morning. And so um, I was watching it in bed while she was asleep. And when the NWO came out, I jumped and it woke her it woke her up. And she was like, What's going on? I was like, Oh, sorry, honey. It's just the goddamn NWO at WrestleMania. <laughs> like, I couldn't like and she was like, Well, keep it down. I'm trying to sleep. And she went back to sleep just fine. And like I'm trying to like hold it in me, like not to be like, Yes, like it's the NWO. Oh my god, what are they doing? This is so cool. I'll never forget like when I watched the um, the WrestleMania documentary on the network. Um, when that segment took place, there was a shot of like Cena, Rollins, Kevin Owens, a few other guys like watching the show backstage. And I'll never forget this one of my favorite lines. Cena says, "Sometimes you gotta throw the rule book out to entertain the people," and that's exactly what they did with that moment. And then, of course, later on, Rollins with that that picture perfect cash in. It's in my opinion that WrestleMania is like a top five of all time um, in terms of like overall entertainment in ring quality. Just the spectacle it put on cosmetically, the way it looked outside during the daylight in that stadium. It was just it was it was it's one of my favorites that I, that I make sure I go back and watch it usually every year before WrestleMania. Um, let's close this out talking about what are your plans for this year's WrestleMania weekend? I know that you're I know you you and uh, you and uh, Rocky are going to go to the, uh, the the Ring of Honor New Japan G1 Supercard at the Garden. Uh, yeah. Talk talk a little bit about. Your thoughts on why you decided to do that and deviate from the, the the WrestleMania festivities this year, and what? How have you been? Have you been keeping up with Ring of Honor leading up to this? Like, what, give 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 us a little info as to what your take is on that event, why you decided to go, and you know what your plans are for the weekend. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I mean, I felt like you know, the, I mean, through like some technology issues and what have you, and I haven't done our show, my show, in, in a while. Um, it extended hiatus, and there was, there was part of me that was like, I gotta like reconnect with um, why I fell in love with pro wrestling to begin with. Um, there was a lot of stuff with the WWE, just wasn't doing it for me. Um, but I was never really enamored by ROH or New Japan. Um, and one of the things uh, I had done over the past year, we went on the Jericho cruise. Um, and part of that was like, I need to reconnect with, with why I love wrestling. And we, we had an absolute blast. Um, on the cruise, um, and, and the, the wrestlers and everything were so accessible that it was literally, you know, almost like, it was, I mean, not WWE superstars, but it was like Atlanta. You know, you'd see them in the ring, and then later on, you'd, you'd see them hanging out at the bar. Um, and, you know, it, it just started dawning on me that, like, we're really in a, a, 
definitively a new era uh, when it comes to pro wrestling. And, um, you know, I just chose to, to embrace it. I've, I've started consuming wrestling a lot differently. Um, I kind of, so I've been following stuff in ROH, but I don't like necessarily watch the shows. And same with the WWE. I kind of wait. You know, someone says, like, oh, so-and-so had this awesome match. Like, you should check it out. I'll go and check it out. Um, if someone says Raw was awesome last night, I'll go and check that out. Um, you know, Rollins cut a great promo last night on Raw. All right, I'll check that out. So I'm not sitting as much anymore and watching things start to finish, but I mm-hmm. am, like, checking out um, stuff that I'm interested in. I, I'm totally enamored with what... Cody Rhodes is doing to to change uh, the business. Um, guys like Cody Rhodes, Jericho as well, are, are like real pioneers. And um, between like my uh, disappointment with where the Hall of Fame was going, uh, the fun I had on on the cruise, and just uh, thinking about you know just being a part of history. Like once I, I we heard that uh, they were going to try and sell out the Garden. I was like, I want to, I want to be a part of history. I want to be a part of um, something outside the box, you know. And, and it just was kind of, you know, there's it kind of, and I'm hoping, and we'll see how it goes. But I, I it's kind of like when I talk about that first mania we went to at, at WrestleMania 25, where there wasn't a lot of bitterness. There wasn't the, the internet marks that are going to boo things for the sake of booing things that when we went to WrestleMania 25, um, we were all in it together. Um, we had fun. Uh, we booed, uh, the heels, we cheered the faces and, um, it was more of a camaraderie kind of feel. And I felt that on the Jericho cruise. And I'm kind of hoping that, you know, we're all part of history and we kind of go go forth and kind of um, enjoy ourselves that night. So I'm just I'm looking forward to just going in there and, and taking it in, whatever comes may come. I'll be objective. Uh, if it sucks, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, but uh, I just kind of wanted to be a part of uh, something historic. If this succeeds and they, they kick ass and it does well, I mean, who knows how far things can go. And um, I, I'd love to see just uh, more, quote unquote, independence uh, able to do uh, something like this. I mean, who knows, you know. 15 years from now in, in wrestling history, people may look back on this ROH show and think, uh, wow, like that, that started a, a whole new era in, in the business of pro wrestling. So um, that was part of it, just, just wanting to be part of uh, something different and something historic. And uh, we'll see where it goes. That, that day, we're going to go to Busted Open is doing their 10th anniversary show. So we're going to hit that during the day on Saturday. Uh, as far as, honestly, Friday night, WrestleMania weekend, we, we don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that uh, that night goes. It's so different when you live in the area. Yeah. It really is so different. And last time it was in Jersey, we decided to get the travel package, and um, it wasn't great. Um, and it's weird. Like, Manhattan... And this area is so big and grandiose, it kind of absorbs WrestleMania. So it, you don't. I just remember walking around Manhattan, just not feeling like yeah. it was anything. It was anything special. Um, so 
don't know what we'll do Friday. Maybe we'll lay low. Maybe we'll hit an independent show somewhere. Um, Saturday will be busted open and ROH New Japan. And Sunday will be the, the show of shows. And I'm, I'm excited because uh, on Sunday, there's a club we became a part of called the Mania Club. Yes. And they, and they do a tailgate. And we went to it last year for the first time. And uh, proceeds go to Connor's Cure. Um, and I said, man, like, the, the thing that's crazy is that Mania is so long now. It's literally like, um, you know, we went to the tailgate. We got to the tailgate probably around 1 o'clock or so in the afternoon. So, I mean, we literally, by the time Mania ended, uh, you know, we were either in the stadium or in the parking lot for, like, what, like 11 hours? Oh, God, yeah. So it's crazy from the tip of the tailgate. I mean, it's a long day, but credit to, to them for doing such a great job with it. Uh, all the food you could eat, all the beer you could drink, um, and it all went to a good cause. Uh, last year they raised about, I think it was $7,000 for Connor's Cure, and this year they they topped $10,000. So, yeah, I um, saw I'm that. excited. Yeah, I, I, Tito, uh, R- Roberto Tito Martinez, who's uh, one of the... Uh, the, he's not one of the founding fathers of the Mania Club, but he's he's high up on the uh, the, the the food chain with them. He's a, he's a good buddy of mine. He's also going to be debuting a, a podcast um, with the Retro Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network that is set to launch WrestleMania weekend. But um, you know, I've I've had conversations with him about the the evolution of the Mania. Um, the Mania Club tailgate and how far it's come. Uh, so it, it definitely, you know, one of these days when I eventually make it to a WrestleMania, that's definitely going to be a part of the weekend is attending the tailgate itself. Um, just to go back on the Ring of Honor New Japan front, who have you been following in terms of performers that you're looking forward to seeing on this show? Well, it's funny. As much as he's not really a ROH guy per se, um, you know, I, I really dig, and even in TNA, I, I, I just dig the Bully Ray character, um, and I'm, I, I like seeing that character out. Um, you know, um, the Dudleys being back in the WWE was cool, but, um, you know, for my money, and no disrespect to the Dudleys, but as a fan, um, I preferred Bully Ray to... Um, the Dudley character. Um, I, I just, I dig that. I dig that just that badass, you know, no tie dye, none of the glasses, none of that. So just this, uh, badass. I mean, all he's a badass New Yorker. I mean, that's what he is. And so, uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him. I mean, the stuff he did with Flip Wilson and, um, ring of honor is just, just, just brutal stuff. Just real brutal stuff. And uh, you were at that final battle show, right? At the at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yes. Yeah, they had that match there with uh, when Sandman made the cameo. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I watched that. That was pretty good stuff. Um, yeah, and then before that, they did a, you know, and I saw that on ROH TV where they, uh, you know, Bully Ray caned him, uh, you know, with the kendo stick and just. Uh, like opened his back up. I mean, just just brutal shots with the kendo stick, and uh, you know that's a shit. I mean, to me, like pro wrestling, you know, when it's appropriate, um, you know, people glorify the Attitude Era. Sometimes I think you know, blood and guts was used a little too much in the Attitude Era, um, but the right moments, the uh, right spots, 
uh, it still works storytelling-wise. And, and what Bully did to Flip was just that kind of brutality that kind of, you know, made you feel uneasy. And I, I really can't remember the last time I really felt like that, but it was it was brutal. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm looking forward to that. To be, to be honest, I'm kind of, I'm just looking forward to seeing what what they're going to do mm-hmm. I, I, collectively as as a show. Um, I don't really have like, you know, I, I like Silas Young a lot, um, but there's not like anything on the show that I'm like, you know, I can't wait to see that. I just want to go in with an open mind. Um, I'm still kind of a, a novice when it comes to uh, Ring of Honor. TV and, and all their characters, um, so I'm just kind of getting my feet wet with ROH, uh, which is fun. That like I don't really, not that well versed with New Japan. I'm I'm kind of learning ROH, and but screw it, I'm going to a live show, and we'll uh, you know see. But I, I'm kind of enjoying being a new fan and kind of embracing not knowing and just giving it giving it a chance. Very cool, very cool. Well, you know, I want to thank you very much for, uh, for 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 joining me on this uh, this this WrestleMania weekend memories retrospective. Uh, it's, it was really cool to get the band back together, and you know, and I mean this when I say this, you have an open spot here anytime you want to talk wrestling uh, I'll, I'll make it happen, especially here on on kicking out of two. And I and and I don't know if you know this, but um, you know, I I want you to know this personally. Um, I appreciate you allowing me uh, to be on your platform for the six years that I got to do the Ken Reedy show with you and then eventually helped inspire me to do this. So I, I wanted you to know this personally. Thank you very much because uh, I had a blast doing it and it's in turn helped me create my own entity with kicking out it too. So thank you very much. Oh, no problem. You were great. I mean, it was great having you on the show those six years. There was a, it was a great run, you know. We had a blast. And, I, just, you know, it's funny. Just one last thing. Yeah. I'm, like, sitting there. It's like, I said Flip Wilson, who was, like, a comedian from the 70s. I met Flip Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, it's all good. I said I said it. I'm like, wait, that doesn't sound right. Wait, what are, it's like, no, yeah, that's that's a comedian from the 70s. He used to do all the game shows and shit, so. Not, not, to, not to put you on the spot, but um, any update on if the Ken Reedy show is going to return? Uh, yeah, honestly, like I had the worst like luck with technology, so the the computer's finally up. Um, I'm honestly hoping to uh, be back and doing shows, like if, if not this weekend, pretty soon after. Wow, awesome! That is that is very very cool. Well, uh, you know, be on the lookout for uh, the, uh, some some uh, episodes of the Ken Reedy Show coming up. You can check him out on uh, Facebook.com forward slash the Ken Reedy Show as well as the Ken Reedy Show dot com. Um, you know. Anytime you want to collaborate with Kicking Out It Too, you know the invitation's open for you, my friend. And once again, thank you so very much for being a part of this. This was awesome, and I look forward to chopping it up with you some more here on Kicking Out It Too. All right, we are continuing with the WrestleMania weekend discussion. Um, and joining me is an individual who also embarked on a number of WrestleMania trips with me over these years, uh, an individual who is far surpassed the amount of WrestleManias I've attended. A a well traveled WrestleMania uh what's the what's the word? A, a well traveled WrestleMania follower, I should say. My brother Daryl Rosenbluth. What's going on, Daryl? Oh, nothing much. You know, it's just um it's great to be back here at uh, kicking out at two and um and being able to take another trip at memory lane, you know, from our 
WrestleMania big adventures, as I like to call it. Yeah, yeah, no, they were certainly big adventures. Um, so I wanted to get some of your uh, your thoughts and memories on your time going to WrestleMania. The weekend, the weekend's full of things to do with fan access, the Hall of Fame, obviously WrestleMania, the Monday Night Raw after. I know you've gone to SmackDown after. You've done a number of cool things. Um, what what was your favorite WrestleMania? overall to attend just pick one the one wrestlemania that you thought was the best wrestlemania you ever attended well you know it's kind of a tough one because you know it um i mean like there happen to be a few but if i have to pick one i think um as far as you know going to a place that you've always enjoyed going and uh, it would have to be uh down in florida in miami where you know wrestlemania 28 happened between the Rock versus Cena, and the end of an era match between Undertaker and Triple H, and CM Punk versus uh, Chris Jericho for the WWE title. Yeah, that was that was a, that was a very cool WrestleMania. I loved how um, they they took the. Um you know the, the the audience, and they split. They tried to split them in half with people cheering for The Rock and others cheering for John Cena. I thought it was very cool. Um, talk to me a little bit about. Um, What's the one city that you went to that you never went to before and you were totally blown away by? Um, I would have to say my ver- our very first WrestleMania was in Detroit in WrestleMania 23. Yep. And um and I was just that day I was just so excited when uh when we were going to our very first one. In fact, it was the 20th anniversary of WrestleMania returning in Detroit, which 20th anniversary, I mean, was when the first time WrestleMania appeared was in uh, Detroit was WrestleMania 3, where they held it at the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan, filled with 93,000 people between Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus the Macho Man for the Intercontinental title, which, of course, you know, stole the show. Yep, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. I've talked about this before on this podcast, and, uh, you know, WrestleMania 3, Hogan and Andre sold it, but... Macho and Steamboat, they stole it, that's for sure. Um, let's continue a little bit here. You know, you were you, your first WrestleMania, you were blown away just because it was your first one being in Detroit um, and the 20th anniversary of WrestleMania coming back to that area. Your favorite WrestleMania you ever went to was probably, well, like you said, WrestleMania 28 in Miami, all the great stuff that happened there. Um, let's elaborate a little bit on that WrestleMania. Um, you're a big Undertaker fan. Did you think at that time that the streak was going to end? That did you think Triple H had a chance at ending the streak in that end of an era Hell in a Cell match? No, no. All right, tell me why. Well, because of, uh, well, you know, Undertaker, you know, in his prime, you know, he was kind of like, well, some people would say he's almost near the end of his career, and I well, mean, he certainly is now, but yeah, back, back then, in 2012. Yeah, of course, and. Uh, because, you know, I've been a big believer in Undertaker as well because, you know, he was a guy that I looked up to when, when I was a little kid. And um, the streak, obviously, was something special at that time when, uh, you know, a lot of guys have stepped into the ring with Undertaker and tried to beat him but, you know, never had a chance to. Yep. And, of course, um, of course uh, Triple H, on the other hand, you know, he, you know, I wasn't that much of a fan of his, but, you know, but I enjoyed watching him. But I never saw Triple H as the guy that would end the Undertaker's undefeated stri- undefeated streak at WrestleMania. Yeah. So you th- so you didn't think there was a chance in hell that it was going to happen? No. Okay. 
All right, fair enough, fair enough. For those of you that are wondering, the the, the noise in the background here, uh, Daryl's cat um, is scratching at the door, trying to get in and record, help us record this podcast, and uh, we told him no way. Uh, so uh, if any of you are just curious what that background noise is, uh, what's the cat's name? Uh, Stella. Stella, yes. Stella. Stella's been banned from the podcast. Like 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 some wrestlers are banned from ringside. Stella's banned from the podcast right now. No, and and if Stella does try and make an entrance, which it would be miraculous through that door there, um, then uh, you know Stella will be suspended for life plus ten years, like <laughs> Danny Davis. Moving on with the WrestleMania discussion here for WrestleMania weekend memories. Um, you know you've been to you've been to a lot of WrestleManias. You've been to 23 all the way to 34, uh, New Orleans twice. You went to Dallas, California for uh, WrestleMania 31, Florida a couple of times, Atlanta. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, you've run the gamut when it comes to uh, WrestleManias. Um, the one thing that you've consistently done, as far as I know, is that you, when you go to WrestleMania, you go all out when it comes to like buying the merchandise. Yeah. Um, you're Talk to me a little bit about some of the the, the memorable um, items of merchandise that you've picked up over the years on your excursions to WrestleMania. Well, I I would pick up like some T-shirts and uh, that would say uh, the WrestleMania logo on the front, and sometimes I would pick up the uh, WrestleMania shirt with uh, on the back where you see all the uh, the advertised matches, you know, which I thought was yep. really cool. And um, sometimes I would buy a replica belt of. My favorite, of course, my first WrestleMania we went to was in Detroit, of course, was uh, when I bought the actual big golden World Heavyweight Championship belt. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. And, um, and of course, you know, I would, like, buy the baseball caps of the WrestleMania. I would buy the one match of the shirts that I would look forward to, that the match I'm really looking forward to. And um, let's see, what else? Um, the programs. Yeah. You know, each and every single program from the WrestleManias that I went to, all the way from 23 to 34. And now, coming soon, you're going to see me buy a WrestleMania 34 por- program as well. You mean 35? 35, actually, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yep. Well, what's your, what's your most favorite piece of WrestleMania merchandise that you have, um, that, that, that you've picked up over the years, that, that you've gotten at a WrestleMania? The one thing. can only be one. The one thing that I really that was my favorite. Let's see. Was it a shirt? Was it a belt? Was it a hat? I have to say, um, getting the Intercontinental Championship belt from when we were in WrestleMania in uh, in New York, you know, in New Jersey. Okay, the last time in 2013. That's right. You got the Intercontinental belt that time? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. See, I don't remember when you get these things. Yeah. Even though I've been to a couple with you, I don't yeah. remember when you got the them. actual white strap one, of course. Yep. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. I like that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's your favorite WrestleMania merch that you've ever purchased? Like, yeah. So, so if there's one thing you could pick, that was it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, because you you definitely you definitely acquire a lot of uh, items when you go when you go WrestleMania weekend. You shop quite a bit. Um, there is a T-shirt that you wanted to uh, make mention of. Probably your would you say this is your favorite T-shirt that you've purchased at WrestleMania? This particular shirt that I'm talking about that you uh, you wanted to discuss here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, the shirt that I really enjoyed so much and was we'll put it up. We'll put the picture up on our social yeah. media, Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, the one shirt that I really loved so much was at the one we were in uh, Georgia for WrestleMania 27. Atlanta. Between, yep. Yeah, between. 
Undertaker versus Triple H. Yeah. You know, the oh, two yeah. of them are standing face to face, and of course, and one is wrestling, one and two of them are posing. In the back of the shirt, you can see the logo, and you can see the two face. Um, it's like Undertaker and Triple H's logo kind of transformed together with the the WrestleMania logo. Yeah, that's a pretty cool shirt. I like that shirt. Yeah, that is a that is a pretty cool shirt. And that was a that was a pretty good match. Um, Undertaker being your you know why don't we talk a little bit about your memories of going to WrestleMania and watching your favorite Undertaker. You talked about him earlier. You grew up watching him. He was one of your favorites. You 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 looked up to him. Um, talk to me about the experience in. 2009 when he wrestled Shawn Michaels at uh, Reliant Stadium and your your experience being there live which in my opinion I think this is the greatest Wrestlemania match and the greatest wrestling match of all time talk to me about Shawn Michaels Undertaker 1 from Houston well I gotta tell you at first I didn't know how it was gonna play out but at the same time that um, the streak was very serious of course and it became very serious to to the business and for Undertaker and for everyone who wanted to beat him. And, um, of course, Shawn Michaels, he was a guy that, you know, that was destined to beat Undertaker because and feels very confident because Undertaker never beaten Shawn Michaels before. And um, that night at when, when those two came out, they had some really cool entrances. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Shawn's was pretty when he came up from the, from the sky. And yeah. And he came down. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and he's dressed up like Undertaker a little bit, except he's all pure white and all. Yep religious Jesus kind of thing. Yeah. And which was real cool. And Undertaker came up from the from the floor like he was coming from hell and then and it was like his Undertaker's entrance, I mean like I like to say, you know, when he comes out is that nobody can ever really say that that was like the bad entrance. Because his entrance is like way over the top and people can just say, you know, wow. They can yeah. be, when they hear the gone. Yep. And um and that match, I mean I tell you like me, Justin, and our good friend Eric Bashad, when we were there, and when the bell rang, almost everybody was standing on their feet the entire, almost the entire match. Yeah, and and then fans were chanting Undertaker, HBK, and I was chanting like from the TNA fans would say, "This is awesome," and I tried to get the fans to say, but you know, Eric kind of pulled me in and said, "What are you doing? You can't say that." And I said, "What the hell? Anybody can say anything." Yeah, and then of course. Yeah, I was blown away from the match, and it was just like, of course, I couldn't hear the commentators because, you know, you couldn't hear it. Yeah, yeah. And um, even when Undertaker just, like, gave him a tombstone, it was like, one, two, and, of course, he kicked out. And I remember seeing the screen where they zoomed into Taker's face, and he was like, yeah, you're kidding were, me. Yeah, his eyes were like, what the heck? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was definitely one of the greatest matches I had ever saw at WrestleMania. Yeah, well, well, you know, there's a there's a treat for our listeners because uh, WrestleMania Sunday morning, while you are at WrestleMania getting ready to get into the stadium, uh, there's going to be a uh, special bonus episode of Kicking Out of Two, a watch party. Uh, Justin and I recently sat down and recorded, uh, you know, us watching Shawn Michaels Undertaker from that WrestleMania. So for those of you out there that are getting ready for WrestleMania and you want a little, you know, go down, uh, take a trip down memory lane, relive some nostalgia from 2009, you can check us out. Uh, WrestleMania Sunday morning, uh, Shawn Michaels Undertaker won from WrestleMania 25. So have your WWE Network logged up and uh, ready to go. Uh, turn turn the sound down so you can listen to what we have to say, not what Jr. Michael Cole, and The King called that night, even though it was really good commentary. Um, 
you'll get a first-hand account from Justin from being there as well as myself who had watched it on television while he was in the arena and just the stories so it was it was it was a pretty cool recording um, so be on the lookout for that uh, this weekend WrestleMania Sunday as a matter of fact but um, let's talk about your time going to some of the WrestleMania fan accesses um, the the big conventions that so to speak um, you've been to every single one from 25 all the way on you've met a lot of wrestlers you've picked up a lot of merchandise that we talked about earlier at some of those fan accesses talk to me about some of your favorite experiences going to wrestlemania fan access over the years well it's hard for me to say what, what about my favorites and i mean it just um but you know it's to me it's always like the same you know you go and meet the wrestlers and Especially you go to the uh, conventions and, but they've got like some really good activities for young kids. Like they have a ring where, you know, the kids would jump in and just, cause they have like one of these styrofoam, like the, like the ball pit kind of thing, like, but with styrofoam. Yeah. Styrofoam okay. blocks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Continue. And, um, especially, you know, they've got like, um, what else do they got? Of course, right now they got like NXT shows, you know. You see all the NXT guys, NXT UK, the 205 Live guys. Yeah, and and what was really cool, they had the Stone Cold Podcast show when, uh, at one of the Axis that we went to. Did you go to that? Did you watch that live with Mick Foley? Yeah, that's that right. That was in Dallas, right? Yeah, that was in Dallas, and of okay. course, um, it was not just Mick Foley, but it was also Mick Foley's daughter that who was going to be a part of the, uh, the the Foley show on uh, on on the WWE Network. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Okay. So that was like one of your favorite moments to be a part of the Stone Cold podcast at WrestleMania Access? Yeah, yeah, it seems like it was. Or, I mean, it was either that or especially to meet uh, Shawn Michaels in person. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that because originally you were supposed to meet Daniel Bryan that weekend. Um, but then uh, Daniel Bryan pulled out of uh, Access because he had retired at that point. Um, and, and then uh, it was Justin who told me that it was a little bit of a surprise. He was going to surprise you with, uh, with Shawn Michaels. And you've met Shawn before, right? You met him once in New York with Bret Hart? That's right. Okay, like the big-time wrestling uh, yeah. thing back WrestleMania weekend 2013. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but anyhow, um, so, yeah, I mean, Fan Access, for those of you that haven't gone to a WrestleMania and you do plan on going in the near future, Fan Access is definitely something that you should check out. Um, like Daryl said, there's activities for the kids. There's You can go meet guys, autographs. Um, you know, there, there, there's there's going to be long lines. It's a, usually a four-hour session, so plan plan accordingly. Um, talk to me a little bit about some – you mentioned meeting Shawn Michaels, the, being a part of the Stone Cold podcast. Are they inter- are there any other favorite memories that you have going to fan access? Um, from any guys that you met or just the, the overall experience? Well, it's just like, you know, for me, it's just like, you know, it's just glad to say, you know, I was there because, you know, I mean. So you're just happy to be there? You don't really have like a favorite, like, you know, overall moment? Well, well, not quite. I mean, like, but maybe someday I will, as long you know, as long as I keep going. All right. For what's your favorite moment so far for Axis? Yes. Was it the, the Stone Cold podcast and Shawn Michaels? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty All much right. it. That's fair enough. Okay. Um, let's let, let's continue the conversation a little bit. Um, you've been to a few Monday Night Raws. Actually, you know what? Hold off on that. Okay. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame. Favorite Hall of Fame ceremony you've ever been to at WrestleMania weekend. I would have to, 
Well, I have to say, uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony that I think I really enjoyed so much was uh, the one where Stone Cold got inducted. Okay. And my that was a pretty good class. Yeah. Because um, the reason I say that is because they had a, a group of list of names, you know. Some of the wrestlers who were made in... In Texas, and some of them were born in Texas. Of course, Stone Cold was born in Texas. Even, um, of course, the Von Erichs getting into the Hall of Fame. You know, Bill Watts. Yeah, Cowboy Bill Watts. The Funks, Dorian Terry. Yeah, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, of course. Yeah. So that uh, was probably your favorite, uh, your favorite uh, fan access, or I'm sorry, your favorite Hall of Fame. We just talked about fan access. Yeah, I would have to pick that as uh, my number one favorite. Okay, cool. What's the best speech that you've ever heard at the Hall of Fame? You know, there's a couple of guys that I would have to say that I have to pick out. But if you ask me who, who's the number one, it would have to be, um, I'm going to have to say Mark Henry. You like the Mark Henry speech from last year? Yeah. Okay. I heard, I've heard people say that that was a good speech. I watched that Hall of Fame uh, at home, and uh, it wasn't bad. Uh, the, the speech wasn't bad, I should say. I liked how he kind of looked into the camera and, uh, you know, tried to reach out to Owen Hart's widow, Martha, um, about, you know, a possible induction into the Hall of Fame. And I think someday that'll happen. I, I don't think, uh, I think it may take a while, but I think someday they'll get there. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, anyhow, um, the worst Hall of Fame ceremony you've ever been to, the one that you just didn't like that you thought like, eh, is all right. Mm. Oh man, I would say um, I was gonna say the one in uh, in Miami because of the way that we seated. I mean, like oh, where we were sitting. Yeah, really, the one with Edge and the Four Horsemen went in. Yeah, the reason I say that is because of the, because of the way we we were seated. I mean, like where our seats were. You mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, we were like face from like the we whole. Were, stage. Yeah, we were center from the stage, but we were farther in the back. Yeah. Yeah, I just. I wasn't fond of the of our seats. I mean, I know it sounds like um, you know, not a really good Hall of Fame, but I mean, to me that to sometimes you know you would have good seats, sometimes you wouldn't. Yeah. But you know, sometimes it's all worth it just to be there for a show that whether it's good or bad or whether and it's possibly your favorite. Yep. Yep. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, if I were to pick a, a favorite Hall of Fame that I went to, um, I would have to say probably. The um, the 2013, the year that Bruno got inducted, uh, Mick Foley, Booker T, Bob Backlund, um, our president, Donald Trump, inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in the celebrity wing. Um, so, I mean, you know, that was that was probably the most fun that I had at a Hall of Fame ceremony. I thought that that's that whole ceremony. That was the first year the ceremony became more like a show and it didn't seem like a ceremony. You had all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Booker T did a spin a Rooney. Um, uh, CM Punk counted the one, two, three with Foley over Jericho. Um, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so I mean, it was. Uh, it, it, that's probably my favorite Hall of Fame ceremony. The least favorite that I attended, I would probably say, um, it's. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, Atlanta because Shawn Michaels went in, and I was super pumped for that. Um, you might be right. It might actually no twenty. Did I like twenty fourteen? There were some parts of twenty fourteen I liked, but if there was one. If there's one ceremony I could say that wasn't my favorite, you know what? 2012 in Miami. Um, maybe because the seats had something to do with it, but um, 
I was, uh, I don't know, I just didn't really, I like Edge and I'm a big Four Horsemen guy, but for some reason that show just didn't really do it for me. That Hall of Fame, I should say, just didn't really, I wasn't a big fan. So, um, yeah, so I mean, uh, let's talk about what you what you got planned for WrestleMania weekend. Um, you, you, you're going to go to the Hall of Fame, I assume? Yes. And you're going to go to NXT TakeOver? Yes. Let's hold that thought for a second. Talk to me a little bit about uh, you attending some of the NXT takeovers during WrestleMania weekend. Uh, you know, and some of your some of your favorite memories of going to a few of those takeovers. They recently, in the last couple of years, added that to the WrestleMania travel package. So, talk to me a little bit about um, you know some of the things that you enjoyed going to NXT takeover. The thing I enjoyed about it is just that uh, to see some. It's just to go there and see some up and coming future WWE superstars that are performing for us and um, and um, just to put smiles on our faces and try to steal the show as as much as they can yeah well any any particular matches that you remember from those from any of those takeovers that you really enjoyed that you that that, that you go back and watch sometimes on WWE Network yeah I think the one match I really enjoyed which was last year the one in New Orleans was Johnny Gargano versus Tomasa Champa. Yeah, the uh, what was that like a non-sanctioned kind of match? Yeah, right. It was the main event. Yeah, that was a pretty good match. I liked that match. Um, I liked uh, you. You were you were at the first Takeover WrestleMania weekend in Dallas, and one of my favorite matches on that show was Sami Zayn Shinsuke Nakamura, um, which was Shinsuke's debut. Talk to me a little bit about being there live watching that match. Well, I gotta say, I mean, that was a great match as well. I mean, like for Nakamura's debut, and and uh, it was Sami Zayn, of course, his last NXT match before he was, of course, he was going to perform at WrestleMania at the same time. Yep. And um, I think what I remember when I was looking around at the uh, at the at the arena, I think there were people in the back that that were watching that match between Nakamura and Sami Zayn. You're talking about like wrestlers, like peeking through the curtain watching yeah okay all right and i think when they were and i think that they knew that this match was going to be like unbelievable on that card oh yeah it certainly was it's one of my favorite matches um from nxt uh you know nakamura's debut and the stuff he did with Sami Zayn. it was truly awesome um you know you, you tomaso champa gargano probably one of your favorite matches um what's the best nxt takeover event during wrestlemania weekend you've ever gone to where the whole show was kick-ass from beginning to end i would have to say my first one in dallas yeah yeah that was a pretty good card too there was um samoa joe and finn balor for the nxt title mm-hmm. um who else was on that card uh, austin aries right yeah. didn't he wrestle Baron Corbin? Yes, he did. Okay, yep. I think it was Bailey and Asuka. Or no, Bailey. Was it Bailey and Asuka or was it Bailey and Nia Jax? It was Bailey and uh, Asuka for the uh, Women's Championship. Okay, all right. Very cool, very cool, yeah. That was definitely a fun show. American Alpha and the Revival in a tag team title match. That was pretty cool, too. I remember that. Um, Yeah, so, you know, NXT has become now a big part of WrestleMania weekend. Like I said, for those of you out there that go to WrestleMania, make sure you go check out an NXT show. You're going to get blown away. You probably won't even want to go to WrestleMania. That's how good the NXT show is. Even though WrestleMania is fun and there's, you know, all kinds of pageantry and pomp and circumstance, NXT is is where it's at, in my opinion. Um, We've been to a few memorable 
you know, Monday Night Raw's the night after WrestleMania, where things really kind of um, get into high gear, as you know, as like the the beginning of a new season, so to speak, of WWE storylines. We were there in Atlanta when The Rock and John Cena announced the once in a lifetime match at WrestleMania for the next year. The following year, we were in Miami when Brock Lesnar returned, and then. Of course, there's 2013 in New Jersey, the night that Dolph Ziggler cashed in his money in the bank. Three huge moments um, from the night after WrestleMania. Out of those three, which one is your favorite that you were a part of? I would have to say uh, the one where Dolph Ziggler cashed in his money in the bank contract. Uh huh. Okay, talk to me a little bit about being there for that and, and what you felt when you were watching that go on. Well, I can just really feel... The way that I can feel it is just that um, when Del Rio, Alberto Del Rio was the world heavyweight champion and he was competing in the match and then he got, he he was adding a storyline where he got hurt and then when Ziggler came out and he had his briefcase and and the fans of course and myself were like pumped up and saying, he's going to cash it, he's going to cash it, he's going to be the world champion and of course and then he went for his finisher and pinned him one, two, three and then got his hand raised, got the belt and then everybody's like happy about it as well. And the so were you happy when Dolph won? You you were pretty pumped? Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to say that was probably my favorite favorite night after WrestleMania moment that I was a part of. That was pretty cool. Um, that and, I mean, I love the Brock moment when Brock, you know, returned and uh, attacked John Cena and really set stuff up. And that was the beginning of his run, you know, currently to this day um, as he heads into WrestleMania to face Seth Rollins. So... Let's now circle back here to this year's WrestleMania. You're going to go. You're going to WrestleMania. You're going to Access. You're going to Hall of Fame. You're going to TakeOver as well? That's right. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about what you're looking forward to at this year's WrestleMania weekend in uh, New York and New Jersey. I have to say I'm kind of looking forward to the uh, NXT TakeOver. Yep. Okay, talk to me a little bit about some of the matches that, you want, that you're, uh, you're interested in seeing from that show. I'm interested in hoping to see Johnny Gargano defeat Adam Cole so he can become NXT's first Triple Crown winner. Oh, so he'll be the first Triple Crown winner if he wins the wins the title? That's right. Okay, very cool. I like that. I like that. That should be a good match. Two out of three falls, by the way. That's right. So who you, So if if you could predict a winner, who would it be for Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano at uh, TakeOver? I would have to go with with Johnny Gargano if I'm... If I'm pretty lucky on that one, okay. So you're gonna, so you're gonna go Gargano. I like I like Gargano's chances too. I think Johnny Gargano wins the NXT title at Takeover this weekend against Adam Cole. Um, what what are you looking forward to with the Hall of Fame? Give me anyone's in, 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 excuse me anyone's inductions speeches you're looking forward to. Who are you looking forward to seeing at the the 2019 Hall of Fame induction ceremony? I'm actually, I'm kind of looking forward to see how Honky Tonk Man would say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He he looks like he's he he could he could put out a good speech. He's had some things to say about them over the years, and at least WWE, I should say, he's had some things to say about them over the years. So Honky Tonk Man's speech, you're probably looking forward to the most. Yeah. I'd have to say, I'd have to agree with you there. I'm looking forward to DX. Um, even uh, Heart Foundation, I'm looking forward to that. That yeah. should be a cool moment. Um, this is a pretty strong class this year, I will say. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not disappointed with some of the names that have been put in there. Um, 
I guess if there's one if there's one person that I don't think deserves to be in the Hall of Fame would probably be Tori Wilson. I don't feel like she is a Hall of Famer, but um, you know that's not my decision, and um, you know I, I don't discredit her contributions to wrestling, but you know it is what it is. So, um, and of course WrestleMania, what are you looking forward to most about going to the show of shows at MetLife Stadium? You're gonna actually you know you're gonna go to the tailgate party, right? The Mania Club. That's right. You got the jersey hanging up over there. Yeah, you're gonna Absolutely. rock it. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. So, um, talk to me about going to the tailgate party for Mania Club. Which, by the way, for those of you out there that are heading to WrestleMania that are listening, you can buy tickets to go to the Mania Club tailgate party in the parking lot of MetLife Stadium WrestleMania Sunday. I believe it's uh, seventy dollars to uh, to attend, and you'll get you know all all the food and drinks you can eat. It's for a good cause. the The proceeds of the tailgate party go to the um, Connors Cure P- Pediatric Cancer Foundation. Um, Great cause. They raised $10,000 this year, which is very cool. Um, so Mania Club is going to have all kinds of great stuff going on um, at that tailgate party. I know you and Justin are going to be there. Ken and Michelle from you know uh, Ken and the Ken Reedy Show on Rocky. Um, I know uh, one of the founding members, uh, Roberto Tito Martinez, who is going to be debuting a, uh, a podcast on the Retro Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network with um, BZ Carter called The Run-In uh, it's, that's launching this weekend. Um, He'll, he's he's a big part of the Mania Club, so uh, you know make sure you thank all those guys, um, you know like uh, Ashton and Gary and and Tito for all the hard work they're putting into making this tailgate party possible for the Mania Club. I wish I could be there. Fortunately, I can't, but someday I'm going to get there. So you're going to go to the tailgate party. That's right. Yep, and then WrestleMania. That's right. I'm really talk, talk to me about what you're looking forward to. Just. Give me a few matches that you're looking forward to seeing at WrestleMania and who you think is going to win. There's a few matches I'm really looking forward to. I mean, the first one I'm really looking forward to is uh, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. I like that match. I like that match. Go on. And um, and the other one, of course. I'm... All right, so who do you think is going to win that match? Oh, who do I think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win between AJ and Randy? I have to say AJ Styles. You really think so? Yeah. Okay. All right. See, I'm, I, I'm, I'm predicting that this match is going to steal the show. I think AJ and Randy's going to be a really good match. I think it's going to steal the show. I'm going with Randy Orton. I don't think it's going to be over between AJ and Randy after WrestleMania. I think that they got some unfinished business that will that they will attend to. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with AJ. Or I'm going to go with Randy over AJ, but it's not over yet. So what's the, what's the next match you're looking forward to at WrestleMania? Next match I would have to say I'm looking forward to is um, would have to be the... Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. Okay, all right, I like that. I'll, yeah, that looks like it's going to be a good match too. Who do you got? Who you got winning that? I would have to say Samoa Joe because he's finally got got a chance to be a part of WrestleMania. Yeah. So you think he's going to keep the title? Yeah. Okay. All right. Any other matches you, you you're you're really looking forward to seeing? I'm looking forward to the Universal Title match between Lesnar versus Rollins. Okay. Who do you got for that one? Seth friggin' Rollins. Really? You picked Rollins to win. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with Brock. Um, I think Brock's going to keep it. Um, you know, Brock's a safe bet for me. And I think, I don't think it'll be over between him and Rollins, but I think he's going to beat Rollins. Um, and, uh, all right, let's talk about the match that everyone's talking about for this WrestleMania. The main event. Ronda Rousey defending the Raw Women's Championship against... 
Becky Lynch, and the SmackDown Live Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. Who do you think is leaving the champion after WrestleMania? I would have to say if Becky Lynch. You think Becky's taking it? Yeah. Okay. You looking? Are you looking forward to this match? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and I hopefully that uh, that match would surprise me and everybody else. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really good match. I'm glad it's going to close the show. It sounds like that that's where it's going to end. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully, um, you know, ho- hopefully they put on a good performance. Um, I want to thank you very much for being a part of this. Um, I hope you had fun. I certainly had fun talking about some of our WrestleMania weekend memories. Um, and I'm going to, you know, how, how about this? You, you want to come back for another one? Yes, I would definitely would love to come back for another right, one. Well, how about next week? Next week, next week, tune in as uh, Daryl and I are going to sit down and we are going to watch an episode of WCW Monday Nitro from April the 10th, 2000. That was the episode that Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff had returned and formed um, an alliance together, not only on screen, but behind the scenes as they were the two cre- head creative writers. And this was the, uh, the, the, the instance where um, WCW was trying to reboot their storylines, kind of like what wwe does following wrestlemania um and this would be the last time that they would really make a a strong go of it with the new blood millionaires club storyline so everything was wiped the slate was wiped clean and they started fresh on this monday nitro it's a pretty memorable show so daryl and i are going to watch that show on the wwe network next week so have your wwe networks fired up ready to go also check out the the schedule for this weekend's retro mania pro wrestling podcast network launch it begins tomorrow Tomorrow, for those of you listening on Wednesday, today begins tomorrow, April the 4th, as uh, Kobe and I for Marking Out the Days. That's right, we're going to have a special edition of Marking Out the Days, as we're going to be covering WrestleMania 9. It took place 26 years to the date. Uh, we're going to give you our analysis on what many consider the worst WrestleMania of all time, and I'm going to tell you why it's not. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, you can also find us, uh, you know, Kobe and I are also going to be doing a a special hall of fame recap show wrestlemania sunday morning so you can check that out as well we're going to give you a recap as well as some of our predictions for wrestlemania also kicking out at two special bonus watch party Shawn michaels undertaker wrestlemania 25 that drops wrestlemania sunday morning and i forgot to mention this gaijin wrestling radio with kobe nida and my good buddy tony the or otherwise known as AC from the Cooldown, he's going to be making his Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network debut as he's going to co-host Gaijin Wrestling Radio with Kobe Saturday morning as they preview the Ring of Honor New Japan G1 Supercard Show from Madison Square Garden as well as recap NXT Takeover New York from the night before. And you can find the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over on Podbean, and you can find the backlog of every single show that Retromania. Pro Wrestling Podcast Network has available. Kicking out of two, marking out the days. Hulkamania is dead. Gaijin Wrestling Radio. Cool down with AC. The debut of the run-in. All of that and so much more over at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on Podbean. And once you go to Podbean, you can find that show everywhere. So it's going to be available on Stitcher. It's going to be available on iTunes. Eventually it's going to be available on our YouTube channel. You're going to find all of our shows everywhere if you search Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. And with that being said, we guys hope you all enjoy WrestleMania weekend, and we will see you all next week.